It's time debit card users are also included in the cashback fun. Now everyone can get cashback on everyday purchases with Discover Cashback Debit. That includes no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Ruben! Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Place with style and grace, allow me to lace these lyrical douches in your bushes. Who rock grooves and make moves with all the mommies? The back of the club, sipping my wet is where you find me. The back of the club, macking holes, my crew's behind me. Mad question asking, blunt passing, music lasting. But I just can't quit because one of these honeys Biggie got to creep with, sleep with, keep the epic secret. Why not? Why blow up my spot? Cause we both got hot. Now check it. I got more Mac than Craig and in the bed. Believe me, sweetie, I got enough to feed the needy. No need to be greedy. I got mad friends with Benzes. See notes by the layers. True fucking players. Jump in the rover and come over. Tell your friends jump in the GS3. I got the chronic by the tree. Straight up, honey, really, I'm asking. Most of these niggas think they be macking, but they be acting. Who they attracting with that line? What's your name? What's your sign? As soon as you buy that line, I just creep up from behind and ask you what your interests are. Who you be with? Things to make you smile. What numbers to dial? You gon' be here for a while. I'm gon' call my crew. You gon' call your crew. We can rendezvous at the bar around two. Plans to leave. Throw the keys to little C's. Pull the truck up front and roll up the next block so we can steam on the way to the telly. Go fill my belly. A T-bone steak, cheese, egg. And what you great conversate for a few Cause in a few we gon' do what we came to do Ain't that right, boo? Forget the telly, we just go to the crib And watch a movie in the jacuzzi Smoke L's while we do
In mansion and Benzes, giving ends to my friends and it feels stupendous. Tremendous cream, fuck a dollar and a dream. Still tote gat strapped with infrared beams. Chopping O's, smoking line optimals, money holes and clothes, all a nigga knows. A foolish pleasure, whatever. I had to find the buried treasure, so grams I had to measure. However, living better now, Gucci sweater now. Drop top BMs, I'm the man, girlfriend. Straight up, honey, really, I'm asking. Most of these niggas think they be macking, but they be acting. Who they attracting with that line? Look at me, what's no sign? As soon as you buy that line, I just creep up from behind and ask you what your interests are. Who you be with? Things to make you smile. What numbers to dial? You gon' be here for a while. I'm gon' call my crew. You gon' call your crew. We can rendezvous at the bar around two. Plans to leave, throw the keys to little C's. Pull the truck up front and roll up the next bunch so we can steam on the way to the telly. Go fill my belly. A T-bone steak, cheese, egg. And watch is great Conversate for a few Cause with a few We don't do what we came to do Ain't that right, boo? Forget the telly We just go to the crib And watch a movie In the jacuzzi Smoke L's while we do Folks, welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan Bailey. That was Notorious B.I.G. mixed with a mashup of the musical Rent. And if I would were to ever prove to you that I'm a theater kid, I think hope I hope that would do it. Uh, there's this song in the musical Rent, which now, God, it came out, what, 20 plus years ago? My God, no, no, no. Let's think about this. No, I don't want to think about it too much. It came in like 25 years ago, this musical Rent. And it meant the world to me. It meant the world to me as a kid. Which is so funny because it's a show about AIDS and 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 just really intense things. And as a guy, I was like, this is beautiful. It was a, I was a very passionate kid. And I think I've grown into a passionate adult as well. But Rent is a beautiful musical. And Notorious B.I.G. is a beautiful artist. And when you mash those two things up together, that's magic, baby. But it's a it's a song called 525,600 Minutes. That's every minute in a year. And the song, you know, is like what you spend your time doing, you know, in daylights and cups of coffee and, you know, arguments. And, da, 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 da. and I was thinking about how I spend my year. And it's been with you guys. Or it's been on on these social media apps, Instagram, and I finally I finally hit fifty thousand. You guys, I talked about this the other day on the podcast, and I said it meant something to me, and I and I, and I was weirdly ashamed that it meant something to me, and then I, I've been trying to come to grips with that emotion, right? With that that emotion of why would you be upset about fifty thousand of anything? And I just thought, you know, because to me. We always bag on social media. I think there's so much damaging parts to it. But for me, there's been so much good to it. I, I met you guys. I met, I, I've met so many other people that I don't even know I have a podcast. I met so many, you know, I, I always felt so left out as a kid. I always said when I started this show, I told you guys this so many times, is that uh, I never wanted to be the, I, ne- I, never, I never need to be number one. I just want to be invited to the party. I just want you to remember my name. Like, hey, maybe it'd be cool if Ryan came. That's what I wanted. I remember not being invited to so many things when I was a kid. I remember that. 
You remember those things, right? You remember when you were left out. And that's why I always like, yo, if you want to be at this party, you are more than welcome at this party. You are more than welcome here. If you want to be here, you are more than welcome. I want you here. I want you in anything that I do. Man, this has given me such a huge new take on my life in the last couple of years. And I finally did hit that 50,000 on Instagram. And uh, one of my friends uh, got me this this 50,000, 50K Mylar balloons, and she surprised me with them. And it uh, really shocked me because I'm very, if you know me, you know I'm not the uh, balloon person. You know, you know me. I'm, I was just going to let 50,000 go by. I was going to mention it on the pod, but I wasn't going to like, and she got, she's like, no, we, we make, we make this a thing. And it went against every fiber and fiber in my bean to do a photo shoot with these balloons. And she's like, no, this is a big deal. This is good. This is good. You know? And I posted it and I, I posted it and it's so funny, no matter how, um, I do this for a living now, you know, it's not a good living, but it's a living and I'm proud of this. But at the same time, I'm very aware. I don't want to ever be too braggadocious, which is funny when you're only making five figures, you know, to think that you might become braggadocious. But I was scared that if I posted, how silly is this? I was scared if I posted something on Instagram that people would think I I was too full of myself. That I was too cocky. And I was like, I don't want anybody to think I'm not that. I, I still doubt myself every day. I, I, it's, you know, it was like, it's important for, it's important for me, for people to know that I doubt myself every day. Cause I do. But I was like, you know what? I know this is, you know, and then it became this thing in my head of like, I should do this to push myself outside of my comfort zones. Not unlike Jackie from Real Housewives in New Jersey, which we got to actually see. She tasted some ice cream in front of her kids. And that might sound silly, but it's something so, uh, it was such a big deal for her because of her eating disorder. And she got to do this in front of her kids. And, you know, we saw she didn't eat much, but she did something. She worked sort towards something. And I was like, you know what? I'm not comparing this to an eating disorder, but I am comparing this to things that we think in our head, that we build up in our head. But then at the same time, it's okay to be proud of something. And I'm okay. I, I, I want to tell you guys I'm proud of this. I'm proud of I know this is just a podcast or this is just an Instagram or this is just that. But for me, this is everything. And if it's everything to you, and I don't mean this podcast, but whatever is everything to you, I want it to be okay to mean something, right? I don't care what you love, but as long as you love something. And today was such a good day. I, I, I got up so early at, for me. It's like 7.30 because I had meetings back to back. I met with an astrologer. You got no mail, Sebastian Tribble. Um, I, I, I recommend him highly. And he sent me, we did an hour conversation. He read my astrology chart. And I had to give him all this information. And I'm not even that big into astrology. You guys know. But I really liked this guy and I wanted to see what he could tell me and he blew my mind and I'm still processing. I got to listen back. But he also told me a lot of things about myself that I already know. And I hate that. I hate that the stars can determine who we are. For some reason, I have this weird thing in my mind. It's a Taurus trait 
I'm April 25th. <laughs> it's a door straight that I think I control my own destiny. And in a lot of ways we do. And he pointed out that these are just, these are just things because of the atmosphere and because of the, you know, the, all of this stuff, it feeds into you and it doesn't make, it doesn't predict your life, but it tells you how you are. So you can actually be aware. And, uh, so you can live a better life in some ways. You can be aware of these things that you are attuned to or that you're accustomed to, or that you're going to be like and how you act around people and how they might perceive that and how you need to potentially change certain things so you can make people understand you better. And I thought that was such a beautiful way to describe astrology. It's not something scary. It's not something, you know, mystical, even though it is magical. And that it's just something like anything that you can use to better yourself. And I'm kind of in that phase right now, you guys. I've been working out every day. I know I keep saying this to you guys, but I'm really proud of it because I even went hiking today. After I hit 50,000, I went hiking and I was like, look at me. Look at, you know, you think after you hit 50,000 on Instagram, you never have to work again. But look at me. I'm up on that hill, sweating my ass off, panting, having to stop because my heart's racing too hard. I'm really out there doing it. And I'm like, I'm so so happy that I'm back in that state of mind. I'm so happy that I've worked towards certain things to allow myself to try to become better. Because I did this for the last two years. I, I don't think I took any breaks. Um, and at some points, I would let you guys know I wasn't doing well, you know? I wasn't. And I'm, and I'm in a good spot right now. And that being in a good spot, as you guys know, because I think you deal with a lot of the same things I do, doesn't mean everything's perfect. It just means that you're excited to try and that for whatever reason, whether it be the therapy or the medicine you're taking or the workouts you're doing or whatever, that weird combination has allowed your mind to be able to try for you again. You know, that's really exciting. And so I'm really excited. I know this is a monologue to start the show, which is what we do here regardless. But I wanted to share that with you as I wanted to share this moment. Like, man, I am nothing without you. And also, I uh, on, on tomorrow's going to be Wednesday, uh, Thursday's show, I want to talk more about the Madonna segment that I did on Tuesday's show with Vanessa Riser. How amazing was she? I get so many nice words about her, and I really think her work is very, very important. Um, but I also did a whole segment about Madonna, and I got into an argument, I don't know about argument per se, but something that really took what I was saying about Madonna to... Not to heart, but also pointed out many things that I had done about my own mental health, that I had cried about Taylor Hawkins dying from Foo Fires, and I had said something about Madonna in terms of um, better to burn out uh, than fade away, uh, that sentiment, whether it be Kurt Cobain, I made the point of Michael Jackson and Prince dying before their time, and I, my whole point was that Madonna is still around, and we're commenting on these videos, like myself, of of her looking into a we, you know video, and we see how much her face has changed on TikTok, and it could be confusing to us. Uh, I'm not going to talk about all that right now because I want to go back and read her comments. I was very not reactionary, but remember, I'm a person going through things in real time. So I had been through about five hours of meetings, uh, that, that <laughs> astrology thing that really kind of messed with me. I had a big meeting with iHeartRadio. We were, we were going over a lot of things. I, I, I'm wanting to share with you. I'll share with you soon a lot of the things that we talked about at iHeartRadio. Um, 
it was a big day. And then I had this beautiful conversation with Carrie Whitmer that we talked summer house and so many other things. Carrie Whitmer, you guys, if you don't know Carrie Whitmer, like she is a fucking genius. Like this is, if I could have told my 12 year old self that I was going to be able to do a podcast where I could talk to people like Carrie Whitmer, I'd be like, fuck yeah, bro. Like so smart, so funny. I mean, just what a good, what a cool mind and what a, what a, like the way she is able to make sense of movies TV, Summer House, the way she's able to make sense of pop culture for me. It's like we look to these people. She's one of those people. That's why I think Twitter sometimes is so so good. It, it can be so toxic. But there are these voices on Twitter. We talk about this for a hair. And I know she would be embarrassed me even saying this. But, you know, there's those people that we look to that can actually make sense of what we're seeing. That can actually make us, like, look a little deeper or make us laugh a little more, or just point out these things in such a beautiful way. And I think Carrie is such a great voice of that. And I think, you know, it's like I grew up reading these uh, brilliant magazine pieces, which we talk about in this, about our love of magazines, or my love of magazines. I talked about it yesterday and the day before in terms of Rolling Stone and Entertainment Weekly. But I grew up reading these people. I, were, I was fans of magazine authors. And I think Carrie is one of the best ones that I've ever read. And I really think there's such big things in ahead of her, even though I really think she's um, like so far right now. You can see a new Carrie piece every week. And I've had a couple and I just know she has so much further to go. Like there's so, you know, it's those people when you bank on, you're like, fuck, I would, if I, if, if I would bet on her so hard. Like I just, you know, it's like those people you're like, I want to know all of your thoughts on everything about entertainment. So she's here with us today and we end up going into a two hour conversation, not only about Summer House. We started off for the first 25 minutes. I think we go into the Oscars. We go into her work. We go into all that. But then we dive deep, you guys, into this week's episode of Summer House and she has so many great thoughts. I just love this show so much. If you if you watch Summer House, you are going to love this episode. If you don't watch Summer House, I think you're still going to really like this episode. That's just how it is. She's just a great person to talk to and i'm silly so together that is just that's that's money baby um i want to talk more about that madonna thing on thursday we have another great episode coming out there i've already done the interview for it i'm really excited right now i'm really full of hope right now i hope you guys are too and thank you so much for being on this journey with me i know i can be sentimental so much that's just something in me and i'm so tired of apologizing for how for things that i am but that's who i am i I really think all of this stuff is kind of beautiful it can be silly but it's also there's like this beauty to it so thank you so much for being on this with me. And uh, that's it, you guys. Uh, let's get into Summer House. Let's get into fun. You know, summers are supposed to be fun, you guys. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, uh, Carrie Whitmer, uh, at Scary Not Carrie. I'll put all her info on the show notes. You better go follow her. She's amazing. Here we go. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have a returning guest with us today. And I and I I got her because I, want, I wanted to talk to somebody about Summer House kind of mainly. But then I was like, it's perfect because I've... 
I talked to her the first time and it just, she's somebody you just want to keep talking to. And that's why we all follow her on Twitter and we love her. And she's just kind of amazing writer and humorous, but also she makes you think, and I don't want to gas her up too much, but uh, she, you know, you might've read her pieces on Uproxx, The Cut, W Mag, Indie Wire, Vulture, Ringer. She actually has a new article uh, that I want to talk about that, that I, I think she's actually going to be in New York magazine actually soon. So we'll talk about that. Carrie Whitmer, welcome to the show. Wow, you really gassed me up. I don't even know what to say. Yeah, um, and she can fly. Uh, I can sit on an airplane without taking a Xanax. So, that whoa, whoa. So you're wait, you're a mutant. This is like X Men all of a sudden. Yeah, I like I don't even get anxiety about sitting on a plane anymore because my anxiety is like so constant that I. <laughs> <laughs> wait, are you saying you live with anxiety? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Um... <laughs> Um, you guys are, or Twitter is at Carrie, not scary. I think you, you guys might know that by now, but if you don't, I'm going to put that all that, all this information up in the show description. So please go check uh, all of her stuff out. In fact, we were just talking about Vulture, which you've written for, for many years. Um, <laughs> and you were saying, well, you know, like, I don't know who reads. I, I actually, I pay Vulture every month to get, I read all of Vulture. Like I, I, like I geek out on Vulture. Like I love that. Yeah, so I I actually I used to pay for a subscription, but then I had to do like a significant cut of like my cost because I was really realizing how much all of these little things add up and I got kind of stubborn and I was like I've been writing for them for so long. Thank you so much for paying me um and giving me work vulture. However, I was like I shouldn't have to pay for this at this point, you know. Did you ask so, for maybe that, that they could give you a free code maybe? No, but really? I probably could. Yeah, I'll give you my code. My God, That's, <laughs> it seems like um, I we were talking. I was talking about on the show. Uh, I think yesterday, actually, I was saying I grew up really loving magazines like I love and that's why I really love what you do actually I, I mean I grew up like I remember Premier magazine like I just as a kid you get a copy of Premier and it would just take you to this other world of move I grew up in Kansas and it was just so all this was so foreign to me and I felt like part of something as a kid this is before internet and you were saying you know I think you're going to be in New York magazine soon and that's like you know, you, you write so many pieces digitally, but it's a little different when it's print. Did you grow up with the same love of, of I did. what you write? Uh, oh, absolutely. I think we probably, I, I, for me, it was a premiere for me. My ritual was going to borders every week and reading entertainment weekly, like all the weeklies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was obsessed with, um, like total film and empire. Yeah. 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 Empire was awesome. Yeah. But I was too poor to be able, like I could buy, I could afford it to EW. Um, but I could not afford to buy issues of total film and empire. So I, I could only buy like one issue a year, maybe like a couple issues a year. Cause they're like really nice, like really thick. Like, I think they're like 15, $20 magazines back in like the early 2000s. Um, so I would go to Borders and just sit there like for hours and hours and read those. So, I forgot about that experience of like having even my parents drop me off there and just perusing. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember reading film comments and American cinematographer, like just really random oh, yeah. things, you know? American and, and cinematographer it, was a favorite too. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I was thinking about that because I got my last entertainment weekly print edition, oh. uh, an Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, which by the way, you're very you excited know, for. Yeah. The new you know, 
it's really sad that the print issue of EW is dead, but God, Ewan McGregor deserves to be the last. What a way to go out. Yeah, what what a way to go out with <laughs> Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi with that fucking beard on the cover. <laughs> Hey, you, know. you know what I love? How extremely <laughs> horny your pieces are. Like you just, you. I, <laughs> but you seem like you have a wife. It's just always like, wow, they made like, it's always like a, there will be a guy element in a lot of pieces where you'd be like, they did this for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You just wrote about J- Jake Johnson and, and Minx, right? I, I, I was, ju- I was just, I didn't want to like shout myself out, but no, I, 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 like to I shout did. You out. Like at that kind of segue, I, I did um, write for Uproxx about Jake Johnson and Minx. He is so good. I, I feel like myself in 2012 again, when I was like super into Nick Miller from New Girl. Um, <laughs> it's He's doing something like really fun on there. That shows, yeah. that, which is it, like, it wasn't, it wasn't a show I wasn't, I wasn't by any means like dreading it in the way I do some shows in this age of just like way too much content. I hate to like call like film and television content, but that's kind of what it's become at this point. Um, but so, and I just like put the first episode of Minx on like one morning, I think like the day after it premiered, like before I was like going to the airport, I was just like, Oh, I'll just put this on while I like pack. And then I was just like, Oh wait, like I actually want to sit down and watch this. And I did instead of doing that. Um, I sometimes worry, like you, you said, you don't like to say as content, but there is so much of it now so much so that I, I think that, you know, these things that we, we make so special, there's so much of them now that I sometimes worry that it's going to take away the spec. You know, that's why I guess it's like now they're really, it's very, you know, they're writing things for very specific sets of people because that's the only way to differentiate. Cause there's so much of it. There's yeah. not going to be these huge global, I don't know. I'm trying to think of an example of hits anymore. It's going to be very small segmented, but I was like, Netflix has so much shit. That's good that you are comfortable not watching I would imagine I miss 80% of good shit now and I'm comfortable with it just because there's not enough time. And it almost thinks like, wow, like it must be super easy to write something really amazing when we know that it, that's actually not true. It's very hard, but like yeah. the proliferation of all of this stuff, is it actually weakening how we consume media and consume art because there's so much of it now? Yeah. I, I, I think that you do, we are at a point where there's so much that we're kind of missing that communal element, but I think that's why I've become more and more engaged with Bravo stuff in a more public way. Like it used to kind of be more of a, like I kind of fell off of like watching a lot of like Bravo and reality for a long time. And I, we talked about this the last time I yeah. thought, and I jumped back into it during like the pandemic but I think that I enjoy having like a communal piece of entertainment or in this case, like multiple pieces of entertainment that I can enjoy with a bunch of people in a way that, I mean, there's like weekends where like a show like Bridgerton comes out and everybody's talking about it for a few days, but then it's gone. I know know? it's so quickly it's gone. That's why I was reading that piece of that argument of releasing things weekly again, instead of all at once, because they were talking about the first uh, part of Ozark, the final season came out and, and it just disappeared within a week. Mm-hmm. It just like, I mean, and it was like a couple of years ago on the first season of Ozark, we were talking about it for like six months. And now we just, cause we move on to the next thing so quickly. Yeah. I, I think the bad, but that's why, like, it's funny. You mentioned that you 
watch a lot of Netflix. I don't really even watch Netflix anymore. For See, me, we have so many streaming services and, to even choose and from. I, and I think, and I'm gravitating toward the streaming services that release weekly, like Hulu with the dropout. I, I think Hulu Dude, is Did you doing watch We Crash? Best. Did you watch We Crash yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, I'm not a huge Jared Leto fan, but like, I really appreciate what they're doing in that show. Yeah, I, I I got uh press screeners for request for for we crash, so I'm a little bit ahead. Um so I, I wait don't give it away. Do, do, do does, yeah. do, does does we work go down? Don't don't blow it for me. How does it end? <laughs> um so so no, I, I just get confused sometimes because I'm like, I can't remember where they are. I, um, but, but I think like, I, th- I think that Hulu has it down better than anybody because they're, they do the three episode drop for the premiere that get you hooked. And then you're, and then they keep the conversation going because like the dropout was three episodes. And then for over a month, we've been talking about it. Well, it, I, I totally agree with you. And it, it, the dropout especially. And I was, I, I, it's so funny. Like these aren't, I treat streaming services like family where I was like, Oh, good for Hulu. Good for, <laughs> good for this billion dollar company getting in the game like this. Because right before that dropped, we had the Anna Delvey crap over on Netflix and that didn't hit, that did not hit the way that I wanted it to. It didn't satisfy any itch, but then you move over to the dropout. And I remember being exhausted going into it going, well, this is going to be bullshit. And then I was just so pleasantly surprised by Amanda Seyfried's performance about the tone of it, the acting all around. And I was just so excited about it. And I was like, oh, this is, oh, I forgot how much I, and I've had that moment now where I'm like, oh, I can't wait for the new episode. I'm really, it's so sad that this week it's over. Yeah. I mean, I I will miss the dropout. I wish that it could just be like, uh, the the season two of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake. Harry, that's what I said. I said I said <laughs> if we could all get if we could all get on the same page and say like I wouldn't mind even giving it to a writers' room and like just let's see where it goes. We don't even have to follow reality anymore. Like treat it like Succession at this point. I want to see Elizabeth Holmes and her baby like preparing for the sentencing. When is that? In like September, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mommy loves you. Mommy loves you very much. I want to see that. I want to see some like speculative fiction about Elizabeth Holmes from Elizabeth Mayweather and the whole team doing the dropout. I want to see Alan Ruck just like singing along to Katy Perry songs. Alan Ruck, by the way, the fucking Ruckazance is like in full swing. I was so happy he had this role and he was like, because I was like, Dude, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Succession isn't a fluke, folks. He's had a career for like four decades or even, you know, like this guy is like a great actor and he had so many great moments in his episode of the the two episodes of The Dropout or three that he's been in. And I was just like, man, this is great. This is just great. It's, it's so funny you say that because I, the other night, I unfortunately ha- now have this habit of being on Reddit. Um which I, I think is health. This is crazy to say. I think it's healthier in a way than like scrolling Twitter at night because it helps me. Like I don't really post on Reddit. I just kind of look passively. So like I'm actually kind of winding down. You know, You're like my mom on Facebook. We she never she just spies. Yeah, I, just... I I I spy. I just like kind of read what's going on. I follow a lot of like Bravo stuff. Like and I follow the Succession one. And I think like someone in the succession one posted like a screenshot of Alan Ruck and something from probably like 20 years ago. And they were like, 
oh, look who I just found in this. And I'm like, you're not like, like, yeah, he was famous then. Like, dude, I posted, <laughs> I posted like the photo of him and Ferris Bueller's like Cameron legendary. Like I posted it like great, good. Like, oh man, so amazing to watch this guy. Uh, and people were like, he was in Ferris Bueller's. And that's when it shows you how people don't consume pop culture. Like we do, you know, yeah. I was like, wait a sec. I think about that every day about Ferris Bueller's. I don't, there's not a day that goes by that. I don't think about Cameron and Ferris Bueller's and you are just now connecting those dots. Like, what are you talking about? And it, like, it, 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 I think it's hard for people like us to like understand where those people are coming from because it's so ingrained into people like us who are just like obsessed with everything and like, like, here's an example. My, my boyfriend, my boyfriend just left the room, so I can say this. When we're, when, when we're watching something, he'll always be like, Carrie, who's that? Carrie, who's that? And I'm like, I don't know fucking everything. And he's like, well, you actually kind of do. And I'm like, okay, but I don't know like every single actor. Yeah, no. Well, and also, well, I always talk about that thought of like, when I was a kid, I was like, I was positive. My goal was to watch every movie ever made. Like I would, Mm -hmm. I was, I would get, I lived in Kansas. I'd get the TV guide and I would mark off the movies and I would go to the library. And, and then you realize you develop taste. You're like, okay, wait a sec. First off, it's not going to be humanly possible for me to watch every movie. And then secondly, why would you want to? Like, I was like, I'm good on Steven Seagal. I saw one. I get it. I don't need, you know, but you start to develop this taste, but now it's just so much. And it was like, I used to be that guy people would go to of like, who's this in this? And even for me now, it's like, I feel like I'm losing, like, it's that LCD song. I'm losing my edge, you know, like, yeah. I mean, even though I'm like a professional working like entertainment journalist, I don't even, I'm not like exactly a film critic, even though I do do criticism and would describe myself as a critic. Like a lot of what I do is like criticism, but I don't even see everything, you know, like I, I don't even, I mean, I, I I watched all of the movies that were nominated for like best picture, but I'm I, sorry. I know, um, I, definitely did not like I definitely did not see like every new movie that came out last year you know what I mean like I I just don't feel like unless it's going to be relevant to me I don't need to see it like I'm I'm at a pretty good point in my career where I don't feel like I just you you really don't have to see everything to know how to do what you do yeah you know what I mean you get you you get you get it after a while yeah yeah but uh Speaking of the Oscars, it was, you know, this was one of the, it was one of the, you know, just even going into it, I was very sad because it was just like, I was one of those people that really just genuinely loved the Oscars. I looked forward to it every year, like weeks leading up to it. I'd fill Mm -hmm. out a ballot. I just, I really loved the whole thing. And I really went into this with dread this year. Like I I kept even forgetting that it was happening. And then it just kind of seemed like another thing on a Sunday that I had to do. And of course, the thing that we remember the most now uh, is uh, of this slap that is just so, you know, now we've gotten so many think pieces and and all of these takes on it, which are just shocking, like uh, shocking. Like I was reading a Daily Mail article, which is just like Will Smith's team, you know, comes together like, you know, they're considering dropping him. And I'm just oh like, wait, wait, I was like, wait a second. We're not. Wait. We're we're not gonna move on. Like we're wait, we we're gonna make we're gonna keep making this. I mean, this obviously troubled man, like an insane moment, like truly, like an insane moment. 
but like, wait a sec, we're going, we need to like end this guy's I'm all for not having a, another bad boys movie, but like, come on, like you can't be good. You're, I don't know. Do you know? Yeah. Say? It's gotten very blown out of proportion. Like, I, I don't know. I like, I, I just can't even talk. I don't, I just don't even have the energy <laughs> <That's>, anymore. It's <laughs> just been talked to death. I, I just do think that it's been blown out of proportion. There are many people who have done much worse, who have got not even gotten a slap on the wrist. Um, not yeah, that no, it I, just, it's, you know, it's hysterical it's, that we over Hollywood over tries to overcorrect then for past mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it, it's it, it feels, it feels to me like someone like they're almost trying to make up for like, past mistakes that they've made like you know giving Roman Polanski an Oscar um, that is still so bizarre like I was talking about a friend of like there should be a podcast called in retrospect where it's talking about the batshit things we did that you like tw- like I was watching that clip of Harrison Ford giving the best director to Roman Polanski for the the pianist and it was just like and guys, if you don't know about Roma Polanski's history and, and the, the rape and all of this stuff you know it's just wild like you're just like wait how did that even happen how did yeah. that happen 20 years ago? Yeah. I mean, it, it yeah, it, and it, I don't know. It, it feels like a course correction that the Academy is trying to make to be like, Oh, now like we hold people accountable. And I'm like, for like this, like, come on, like there's, you could like, I don't know, like take back Roma. Can you take back an Oscar? Like they probably can't even find him. Cause he's like li- basically living in hiding in France. I know. I mean, what's even funny, we do like, I believe there was like a two-part documentary on the Roman Polanski thing on HBO years ago. And mm. it's just funny how if you just wait things out, people forget. I mean, mm. I'm remembering we went right before pandemic, we had Finding Neverland, which was a harrowing two-part series about these oh, God. two yeah, boys that was- about Michael Jackson that just, I mean, just rocked me. Yeah, but- that one's still like on, like that's like one doc that like still seriously haunts me. But but if you just wait it out, the Michael Jackson estate never really answered. Yeah. Now they're doing a musical on Broadway, you know, it I, keeps on chugging along. You know? I think it's, I mean, I, I, I definitely think that the um, Woody Allen conversation Dude, has We had a whole series, shifted. whole yeah. series. Uh, that, and that was what, like a year ago? I mean- Ronan, Ronan V. Farrow, yeah. And there's still studios. I mean, it's definitely on a much smaller scale. There's still people giving him money. There are still people, ahem, Christoph Waltz starring in his films. I was thinking the other day for some reason, I was like on the train and I was like, Christoph Waltz really had me for a few years. He really had us all. And now he's like, I think he's like the star of like one of Woody Allen's like latest movies. And I'm just like- Come on. I was like, what do you like? I feel like this. I'm one of those idiots that I was first off an idiot just for collecting DVDs to begin with. But I had, you know, I was always looking for sales. I was always and I got the Woody Allen collected works, you know, like we're like, and I thought, you know, well, this is history. You know, I love Annie Hall. I love I love, uh, you know, uh, Hannah and her sisters. I I mean, I thought there was some really so you know, good. bullets I, over Broadway, Diane Weist and bullets over Broadway is just like, holy, I mean, to me, there are some, some amazing performances. And I, I always just think about like, first off going back to the best buy where I bought this at and returning, like, can I return on a morality clause of like, <laughs> yo, I cannot have this anymore. I Woody did too many things. I feel very embarrassed about even owning this. Can I get a refund? You know? Yeah. I, 
I I do recall, I believe I only own two Woody Allen movies on DVD. One was Annie Hall, um, which I loved. And then the other was Manhattan, which I never really liked. It's and so I didn't, creepy. And I, yeah, I, I never really quite liked it, but it was just always on like the best movies like ever made list. And so I felt like, oh, I have to own Manhattan. Like, I, you know, I was like 1920 and I was like, oh, like a guy who like a guy will think it's like so cool that I like have Manhattan on DVD, you know, <laughs> even though I never I don't even think I ever opened it. And when I was when I was visiting my family for Christmas um, this past year, um, my mom was like, oh, like you have a bunch of DVDs like in the cabinet in like the storage room. Like, will you like go through and like pick ones to keep? And I like threw both of them in the trash. <laughs> Very oh, wasteful, but well, I mean. I just remember like how much, like, uh, you know, how I, er, how hard it took me to earn this money that I was so proudly giving away to DVDs and even CDs. And yeah. now like, I remember just throwing out like a bunch of CDs, just like, oh, I don't, I can't carry this with. And I was like, just throwing it away so easily when it had taken, I was so proud of everything in the CD case and I would carry it around in my Me car too. and I was so oh my proud. God. We like literally just hauled music around in massive binders. Oh, huge. Oh, and I, I got the big binders. I was proud of the ones that really held so yeah. many CDs. And I always was so proud when somebody would flip through my CD collection and I was just so, so proud. And then I just remember when I moved uh out from me and my ex's place. I just remember just going like, I can't bring this. And I just threw it and I was like, yeah. well, it's all on Spotify. And I was like, that's so sad. It's sad. Um, well, we could literally talk about anything. So I need to focus <laughs> this more because I'm just, uh, wait, but I do want to, do you ever allow yourself not to have a take on something? Do you ever let something just yes. wash over you and enjoy it? Um, you know, yeah. I, I and I, I, I think that's, a good segue into summer house because I like, uh, as I do have takes on Bravo stuff, but I think I don't really write about any of this stuff professionally. So like it, it is really difficult to, as someone who like movies and TV, like entertainment is what I do. So I consume everything. Like every time I like, even if I'm not seeing a movie for work or watching a show for work, I'm thinking in my head, Oh, what could I write about this? And I, believe that Bravo and just reality TV in general is like something that I completely zone out and I don't really engage with in that way. So even if I do tweet about it or whatever, like I don't feel compelled to have a take on every, everything in that realm. If that or I sense. think also with Bravo too, especially you can have uh, opinions that come just from the gut that come from an emotional response, whether yeah. that, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, thinking something out and trying to speak about it intelligently. I can just say, I don't like how Paige is acting. I, I think also a lot of the thoughts that I have while I watch Bravo are things that shouldn't even be said in a group chat. Like, it's just <laughs> like, keep the shit to yourself, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> exactly totally. but, but 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 i definitely think that it's for for me like just reality and bravo in general is something that i can just like in, I, I think specifically the one show that i truly don't ever have a take on besides like oh like this person should have won is top chef because i'm not a chef i don't really know anything about this you know like i yeah, eat yeah, yeah. food but i i am not knowledgeable on like 
Like I know what salt is. I know what acid is. I, I don't know how to like cook chicken. Well, like, you know what, you know, I know what acid is, but I never go around like this. Say, uh, let's a little, let's add a little acid to it. Let's get a, I, I never do that. I do now. Sometimes I'm like, mm, this could use a little bit of acid. Um, but I think that's the one, the one show where, because I know I'm, I have no skin in the game. I'm not an expert at all. Like, but it's something I enjoy so much. I'm, I love going out to eat. I love food. I love like really, really well-made food or whatever. I would not describe myself as a foodie. Like that's just not a word that I acknowledge. Um, But so it's something that's like part of my interest, but it's not something that I really have any saying because I just like I know like I don't even know how to cook chicken really like I always have to like google how to like cook steak or whatever every single time I do it you know? yeah but you know it's like every time I do google something I have to cook I'm always like I could be googling Fergie wetting her pants like I could be <laughs> googling some kind of weird pop culture story instead of this you know it's like yeah. those things where you're just like I accept that this isn't me and I'm okay with it as I get older you know but I yeah. appreciate the art of it it's just not for me um I was reading this book that I, I interviewed this lady, this uh, Danielle Lindemann. She's like a PhD, prof- like it's a, a behavioral sociologist that she wrote this oh. true story book about what reality says about us. And it talks about what you were talking about earlier um, is that Bravo and reality show specifically put us in the driver's seat. It uh, There is something different than with other forms of entertainment where there is this thing where me and you are communicated about it right now for podcasts that people really like to listen to. We go on Twitter and we go back and forth. It, it, it's like this weird second life that these shows have that really make the show elevate it to something that it, it, it elevated to something so much more than it already was. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Which, which is, that's where I think summer house is one of the Kings of that right now. I, what are you thinking of the sixth season? Um, I mean, gosh, I mean, I, I just, I guess it's so polarizing in a way. I mean, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it, but I also feel like it's getting, and we'll probably get into this, but I feel like it's getting to a point where kind of like how Roni got, where half of the cast was cast to be on a reality show because they thought, producers thought, oh, this person is going to be great reality television. And then the other half was the, the OGs were originally friends and just like had this premise, like just a part of their lives. And you, you're starting to really feel like a push and pull, um, on the show that, I mean, and the show still works more than like the last season of Roni did or Vanderpump rules. Yeah. Or Vanderpump. I'm behind on Vanderpump. My next project, I think my like spring summer project is to start a rewatch of Vanderpump and catch up or maybe like give up on it. I don't know. I like that's like your spring cleaning. And by the way, I do want to, I do want to get, I really want to discourage you from giving up on it. I've got to, I was talking to my friend Laura the other day and she like did a whole show on Vanderpump and she was like, ah, and I'm like, yo, we go down with this ship. Would you give up on a family member? Would you, would you like, you know what I'm saying? Like, would yeah. you just turn your back on like, they need us now more than ever. And yeah, it might not be the most entertaining thing to watch, but we all go through bad years. And I, 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 I agree. And the same with Roni, like when people yeah. like last season, when people were like calling for it to be canceled, I'm like, this is like the first dud this show has ever had. Like, yes. Relax. 
Are you insane? Uh, and by the yeah. way, and I, I, the show that season was a dud, but I bet you in five years, it'll be this weird underground hit season of like, you know what? On second thought, it was really, it was like bizarre. Like it there, was kind of bizarre, you know? There were some, I mean, considering the conditions they were working in, in New York at the time, I think it actually is pretty I know that they had, didn't they have like a lot of shutdowns because people kept getting COVID? Yeah. I mean, mixed with that and the election, like, you know, watching like rich New York socialites, like kind of try to not talk about, but talk about Trump at the same time Mm -hmm. was really kind of interesting. And by the way, I still thought it was a shitty season. I'm not trying to rewrite history, but it is something that I think, yeah, we we're so quick to say this person needs to be fired or this thing that needs to be canceled. I'm like, dude, like, I just like, I've had a fucking decade where I sucked. Like I, I think God yeah. people still talk to me. Like thank God. Yeah. I, I, I did as well. Um, I may, maybe I'm still in it now. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. We, we won't know until the next decade of our lives. <laughs> I really sucked that last decade. Wow. Yeah. Um, but summer house, you're right. In fact, even in this episode, they do a volleyball match between like the two groups, the eighties and the nineties group, the people born in the eighties, people born in the nineties. And it really does highlight your point of, yeah, like they bring in this whole kind of a younger crowd a little bit that doesn't really have firm connections with the mm-hmm. initial group. But I do think what I love about Summer House is that they they still like they seem to all have an agreement to try. Like even if we see very clearly that Lindsay and Sierra hate each other, we come out at the end of like, okay, should we just take a swig and say, let's move on? And, you know, there's still that thing of like, in real life, we would be like, fuck you. I do not ever want to speak to you again. And I don't need to. They seem to be aware that they get checks for this in the best way. Yeah. Yeah. And and they also... I also think that Lindsay and I think Lindsay is probably, and this is a compliment, not an insult. She is, she understands the, how to be a reality TV star, like to a T, like she was above anyone else, probably born to be a reality, reality television star. She just seems to understand every single beat. And I think that she understands like what can happen on like from like housewives history when someone isolates themselves like she's definitely seen like van lisa vanderpump isolate herself from the group on beverly hills and she basically got bullied off and bethany frankel refusing to film with people and that i mean she like it didn't like turn out poorly for her but you you know like it kind of ruined the energy ruins the energy of a show and she knows how to keep the show going on it's like i i really do think that it's she's probably not necessarily running the show but being like if you like maybe off like I would not be surprised if she's saying to Sierra off camera if you want to stay on the show like we have to figure something out I mean honestly follow my lead to it's like just follow me for the changes let's go into this scene right now I love and I love that Danielle it, it almost kind of plays like a Hollywood manager in a way of like really believing in her client of like, mm-hmm. Lindsay's an artist. She's going to be Lindsay, okay? Like, I get it. I get what we're doing here. But she's an art. Like, she really has this firm belief in her friend, uh, Lindsay. And I love that about Danielle. It's like, but she's always this kind of interesting middleman, which I thought, like, usually that would be a role that you would not want to see or get bored by. But for some reason, I keep getting now more and more interested about Danielle in the firmness of being 
not less than, but being Lindsay's friend of being like, yeah. there's, there's, she's finding great strength in it now, six season in, six seasons in. She's almost, yeah. I mean, she's almost like the buffer, but she's aware that she is. She's like, I'm like kind of in between, like she's like Lindsay's number one, but she'll also like kind of gossip with her Lindsay's enemies in a way. Um, but never really in a way that makes her look that bad to Lindsay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, it's weird. Like it, it's a very interesting relationship because you know, she, I mean, just even like her watching Lindsay discover that she has 28 year old eggs, you know, just the joy. It was like her eggs. It was like her, yeah. her joy and her, and like Lindsay doing kind of like wild and reckless things, you know, Daniel will be like, well, she really had the toughest year ever. She needs to cut loose. She's having a summer of Lindsay. I, I there's something really interesting. And, and in turn her life, and we saw a little tussle with her and Robert, her chef uh, boyfriend earlier this season, but She's pretty, it seems like they're pretty middle of the road. They're like, you know, like a good solid relationship. Potentially she has a a good job. She's, you know, just good person. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Uh, I think I, sorry. I, I think her argument with Robert earlier in the season was like more like pretty typical, especially for a relationship at that stage where you're like going from like, seeing someone new all the time to like it kind of becoming a little bit more normal and you get like really paranoid and you're like oh wait does do you like not like me as much anymore because we don't see each other like every single day it felt more like that and you're like drinking to me (laughs) than anything like I, I I saw that I was like I feel like I've been there for sure the drinking of this show and I don't know if it's just me getting older and watching it but it's it's not only an endurance test for them, but for us, like I get exhausted sometimes watching summer house because I found even this episode, you know, we, we had the dinner uh, continuation from last week on Friday night. They, they still went out after the dinner. Then they woke up and the hurricane was happening or the, you know, and then they had to go to the beach thing. And then they were on the road by six 30. And I remember it hit commercial break right when they left the summer house and I was left early, like a day early. And I was like, Oh my God, they must be exhausted right now. Like, how, how are they doing this? You know, like I, I keep thinking about it. It's like, like an evil Knievel stunt. Like, how are they doing this? I'm guessing that they consume things other than alcohol. <laughs> um, I, I hate to, yeah. I, but I guess it's also like if you're drinking, when we, when I drink like that, I mean, I don't really drink like that anymore. I, honestly can't like two cocktails and I'm like shit yeah um but I think when you like have a production schedule like you you don't really have a choice like they're probably like woken up by producers being like the time to film and the page will just be like okay like I'm just gonna sit in my bed you can film me here yeah, I mean, the uh, girls seem to be very clear in where they stand on, like, that's why, Paige, like, Paige's main scene partner is that bed and that phone. Like, she's yeah. doing work with a bed that I have not seen in so long. But it's funny to think about a producer just knocking on the door and rolling in a lover boy, and it's like, time to get up. Yeah, but but at the, but so another thing Summer House does is, for the, the older ones, I'm just, like, who I'm, like, closer to, um, I'm, like, this is, like, super inspiring. Like, you I could drink on a Friday night and get up at like 8 a.m. and I can work out. Like I can oh, do that. Uh, 
we saw so many of the guys get up on Saturday and do push-ups. Of course, Carl, he's well, already yeah. in his bedroom up early. But then I, I believe we there was a shot of Luke doing push-ups the next day. And I was just like, look at that, man. Like, that is just not my experience with drinking, but it really does. I guess I Carl I, Carl isn't drinking, so it's different. But like Luke and like, like Kyle, go, and- Kyle like goes for once. And I'm just like, we saw you at three o'clock in the morning, like talking to Fritos. You didn't know who you were. Like you disassociated completely from your body. Like there is, (laughs) um, it it really is this bizarre thing. Um, What do you think so far of Kyle and Amanda's relationship? It's been such a rocky road up until this point. And we've had kind of a little bit of a calm, a break in the storm the last couple of episodes. But now we get the prenup conversation being brought back into it. Um, where do you feel they are right now? Do you even want them to get married? I mean, God, I am kind of rooting for them just because they seem to like really, really like each other or they at least like their lives with each other. I I don't know what that what I really mean by that but it it, like they they seem like when they are happy together that they truly are very happy but it's it just seems like it's so rare but we're also like really only seeing like a season of their relationship you know outside of the show it seems like they're like pretty good um they just they just don't seem to communicate with each other. And I can't tell if they just don't communicate with each other to create drama for the show, which honestly fine. Like if like the prenup thing felt like a little bit, like we need a storyline to me. That's not just like planning our wedding, which is fine. Like I honestly don't mind seeing a manufactured storyline on a reality television show. That's what it is for. Um, But I, I don't know. Like, Sometimes, like when they're fighting, like two weeks ago, I probably would have had a completely different opinion. I'd be like, I can't believe they're still married. Like, I like I can't believe like something tragic has not happened. But I, re- they seem to even like the cheesy thing Kyle said during Andrea's dinner about like love and how like Amanda kind of inspires him to like work harder and be better. Like I thought that was like really sweet. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, and I mean that was where we kind of this whole fight that we open up on this, by the way, this episode is called hurricane warning. You guys it's episode 11. And we saw Andrea just really got broken up. This Italian stallion with a heart, like there's a very soft heart supposedly. Um, and he just, he was hearing all of his friends speak about love at this Italian feast that he spearheaded. And he starts crying. He starts crying and weeping. And Luke notices this, the other softy, and brings him outside. And then this fight happens between Sierra and it was supposed to be at Lindsay, but Danielle gets in there as the middleman is like, don't you dare. And they like, we start this episode again, where they're just in each other's faces. And we see, we're seeing these reactions. I mean, and also the one that keeps being talked about is that I, when I went and froze it, it's like, Paige looks like she is truly loving this, like truly like just very evil stepsister right here. Yeah, she her grin and I saw like all those screenshots. It reminds me of those Weird. like remember those like troll dolls from the like ni- <laughs> 80s and 90s that had those like grin and like the like they had like the hair and like the little like gem like 
somewhere on their head. It, 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 the grin was similar to that. It was, or almost it was like, she was looking like the Grinch, like on Christmas Eve, like with all the gifts he stole. Like, I'm just like, it was like there was like a also a bully element from like a Nickelodeon kid show. Yeah. Of the the bully, you know, where you see her make a face and the audience is like, no, it was like very. And then Craig, if you notice too, Craig seemed like he was enjoying it as well. Did you notice that? Uh, yeah. I, it Both of them in that scene, I'm just like, they just seem to really be enjoying seeing like Sierra yell at Lindsay like that. And I'm just like, that's like not like even if you don't like someone maybe don't like I I don't know if you're on television maybe like have a better poker face page see Um, that's but I think that there was that element of both of them that they both have of like they do know they're on television and they're giddy that they know this is a good scene they're like oh I think like to me I felt like they were watching this from a TV screen and going, ha we got a show right here yeah. to me. Okay. Cause Craig seems like he really gets off on being a TV star a little bit. I, so I don't really watch Southern charm. The only Southern charm I've watched is um, a couple of weeks ago. I had um, three margaritas and <laughs> you were and like, I, was now, by myself. I feel crazy right now. I, I, my, my boyfriend was out of town. So I kind of was like, this is like a me time. Um, and um I'm not, talking, I'm not talking about masturbating. I'm talking about I woke <laughs> in the morning and I had apparently started watching Southern Charm on Peacock because it was still playing when I woke up. Oh yeah. Um, they just like play that shit nonstop. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, that's funny. Like, why did I start watching this? Be- but I guess I wanted to know more about Craig and Austin because I'm so confused um, about why they are sought out by anyone. If you're a wine lover like me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your unique preferences. To start, All you have to do is answer a few quick questions on their website about what flavors that I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red, white, or rosé, or a combination. Now, based on my answers, First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored. You guys, I have to tell you, I got a free shipment with them, but I kept my membership going because I liked it so much. I swear to God, I got this great Sangiovese. I got a Malbec. Uh, I did get a Rosé as well because I have a combination and I am loving it. Best of all, I get to choose when I want my box delivered and how often I get new assortments of wine. Being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has its perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order, so you can continue to order the ones that you love. So, join the club today with me and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash so good to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash so good. Tryfirstleaf.com slash so good. Elevating my style used to mean breaking the bank, but with Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces 
at prices I can actually afford. Now I can upgrade my style by snagging killer luxury essentials that sync with my vibe and my wallet. You guys know I've got a blue linen blazer. Now I have a black leather jacket and I have my eye on this Italian suede trucker jacket. I think that's going to be my next purchase. So Quince creates timeless essentials that never go out of style. You're going to have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the must-haves, like Mongolian cashmere crew neck sweaters from $50, iconic 100% leather jackets, and versatile flow-knit activewear. With all Quince items, everything is priced 50-80% to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. How do you not love that? So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping and 365-day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. To be quite honest. Truly interesting. The Austin thing, which is talked about a lot this episode, I mean, tr- where I still the thing that boggles me is we're truly not talking to the person that needs to be talked to the most. Like it's all these interpersonal relationships with these women, and like, how did you do? Like, yo, why why don't we get Austin on the old speakerphone or like Facetime and like just let's all talk in a room because we're we're still leaving the one person out of it that I totally believe caused the entire thing almost gleefully yeah. of like really planted weird seeds. I don't know if it was producers made them do it, but like, what would, Hey, Sierra, what would I tell you? if I told you Lindsay kissed me open mouth. Like it was Mm -hmm. so weird, like so weird. Yeah. And and that was also, he was kind of lying too, because he was, he kind of sought her out. Right. Oh, he fully sought her. That's what I'm saying. Like he was playing both sides of the yeah. fence. So like, not even beautifully, I felt very sloppily and he like really seemed to enjoy it. It was like that thing he of did. like, when you're a nerd, it's like a very can't buy me love thing. of when Patrick Dempsey gets too like into being pot, you know, and it's like, felt like that where like Austin all of a sudden is like, man, I don't get it. I don't get why all these gorgeous, insanely gorgeous women like me, but I'm just gonna, I'm going to run rampant right now. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess it seems, I mean, having not watched Southern Charm, it seems that he is kind of, um, even though I don't find him likable in like any way from what I've seen, um, it seems like he kind of has like a, I don't want to say charisma because that indicates that someone's likable, but it seems like he has something like maybe like a class clowny vibe that really draws people in whether they like it or not, which is probably why he works for reality TV, which might be the thing that pulls Lindsay and Sarah in. I just like, I'm just well, he so does confused. this thing. It's this thing where I, I was talking about it last week, I think, or the week before, where he'll be he'll be like um, he'll use kind of words that like are very normal words. I've heard them many times, but the, this like Sierra's not ever heard minx, you know, mm-hmm. like you little minx. And Sierra's like, Minx, what's a minx? So he called me a minx. Like, oh my god, like that's so are you a poet? Like, I think yeah. he like kind of says these weird things that are kind of like not old school but it's like oh you little vixen you know you know i you know it's i grew up in the south in north carolina not charleston um but he and craig give me like the vibes of guys i went to high school with in the south yeah um like the preppy guys who wear like their like 
fucking polos with khakis, even though it's like 35 degrees out and they're like boat <laughs> shoes, like that, that kind of guy who, and they kind of have that way of speaking like that. It, it's like this, like old Southern money kind of thing. Um, and it reads as personality. Perfect. It reads as like a very yeah. in, uh, interesting thing. But when it comes to Austin, you're like, oh, come on, dude. Like this is, it's just, it, it's, it's whatever. So we, we start, this is, start the episode and it's already that fight based on Austin that we've continually seen. And we start off immediately with a bang of, of Sierra throws a glass, breaks a glass. It seems like, by the way, there's so much glass for one glass. Like everybody's picking up glass for the rest of like, for like 20 minutes of this episode. And also I don't understand why this whole thing popped off. And then it kind of dissipated as quickly as, like we broke a glass on Danielle. Like it seems like that was really just kind of brushed under the rug so yeah. easily. Um, so first to your first point, I think that we always forget how like how far glass can go. Like I, I guess it's like <laughs> a little bit of glass goes a long way when you break it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I I feel like I like every time I break like a glass, I like months later find yeah. a piece of glass from that True. piece of glass that I thought I cleaned up. So whoever's in that house now probably is still finding glass. Um no matter how deep they cleaned it. And you know now that I think of like I want like for my reality show museum, I would love a piece of glass from that glass. That would be a great thing to display. That would. Um <laughs> kind of dark, but you know, we gotta <laughs> acknowledge that it happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I and then yeah I I I was very alarmed to be honest by the consoling of Sierra immediately and just I, but I I also feel like if I was in that situation I I it seemed like a lot of them were a little bit in shock and didn't really know what to do um or how to respond um and Danielle and Lindsay kind of ran off immediately and took themselves out of the situation. So it seemed like Lindsay and Danielle kind of went off on their own to be like, we need to be alone and we're going to talk about this on our own and leave us alone. Um, and then in that scene when they, they're like, I guess we're going to talk about this, but the scene in, I think it's like Carl's room. Um, they all seemed to be a little uneasy when Sarah walked in and seemed to like not really know how to react. And Andrea and Luke didn't even see this, right? They oh, no, outside. they're outside. Luke is consoling a sobbing Andrea. But like, I feel so broken hearted. The girl understood my heart. I, and I like a little page, but little, I had such a deep connection with this girl. Like, such a deep. And Luke's like, buddy, I've been, you know, how many girls? that I have just let go. And then he goes, and then they get married and have kids and I've blown it. He like made it seem like there were like, you know, hundreds of these ladies particularly. And like the thought of two, two dudes emotionally expressing themselves. That's a, like, that's why us guys, we have it. Like we get so much attention for stupid shit. Like there's two guys emoting in the only way they, you know, in kind of this awkward way. And I'm sure that got them more women last night than anything the previous three years, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. They they, um, they didn't they didn't do much, but you know, I I'm not gonna lie, it did kind of work on me. <laughs> well, no, because I genuinely believe Andrea believes that you know, like I yeah. genuinely believes he is hurting, he wants love, he misses his but family. It, it's just that simple. 
Yeah, I, and I, I I think that missing your family, he's like craving a connection in the U.S. U.S. now because it's like when when you're so isolated from your family, you he couldn't see them for so long. You want to create some kind of family dynamic at your new home that's so far away. So it makes sense. Like he wants to have like someone here that's like his family here. You of know? course. Like, and by the way, I love, I mean, that's, and we don't talk enough about this, the plight, the plight of the hot man. Like here's Luke and Andrea, two extremely hot men. And it's like, it's nice to find, like it's, it is hard for them. It's hard to be them, you know, like, it's like I I I consider myself in that category with them as well. It's hard my body to be vibes. Us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is so hard. Like it is so nice to get this perspective finally on the TV because I think a lot of people just really like we came from seeing Austin with a bad bad man and now we get to see two you know like soul warriors. Um, inside though, it's a different thing where they're cleaning up the glass and poor Carl, he's going through sobriety and all of this stuff. And the only thing this man has are these white pants that he fills out so well. And literally Amanda looks at him and is like, Oh, Carl, no, Carl, your pit, your white pants, Carl, no, your white pants. And Carl looks just really kind of just shell shocked. He got a nice pasta shirt he bought just for the occasion. And when you're so, when you're trying to be sober, I imagine these things that you plan for in your head mean a lot. And he just, his white pants are just destroyed. Yeah, I, I I felt really bad for him because I mean it can't he he's already in such a tempting environment for a sober person and then to just like have wine thrown at you on all over your body and you like smell it like I'm sure yeah it's like dude really, so like, really got into his mouth at some point like and, dude, like. So, so I, in that moment, I completely understand why Amanda's instinct was to go to Carl. Oh, um, totally. I mean, Danielle and Sierra were obviously like pulled out of the scene, but I, I, I really, really appreciated Amanda in that moment. I mean, she did seem like pretty, she was pretty drunk, but I think it shows like she, like, oh, I think it really shows that she has like a really good heart and like that she went over and like, she definitely seemed like she was like trying to help because she understood like what could yeah. happen if it went wrong for Carl in that moment, which I really, really liked. And Kyle's drunk as well. And he's just flabbergasted. <laughs> like what the fuck just happened? What the fuck just happened? And then he realizes Andrea was crying and he goes, he says something stupid. Like he goes, Oh my God. He's like, Oh man, this is how we represent America. Oh man. <laughs> and Amanda goes, no, 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 no. He was sad about something we said at dinner in regards to love. And, he, and Kyle's, he's like, this isn't represented. This isn't the America I want to portray. I love that. <laughs> that was so funny. I was like, so Kyle thought Andrea was upset because the fight makes America look bad. Like, is that? <laughs> yeah, that's what the impression I got. And Amanda was like, no, no, honey. No, no, no. It was something we were saying around the table. <laughs> and I just love that, like, Kyle, because by the way, Kyle, remember, had that beautiful woke moment of explaining, like did one of the best things about uh, listening to Maya's talk about feeling uncomfortable yeah. in her skin around, you know, and like Kyle was like, yo, I love that you shared that. Let's do it. Like he had this really beautiful accepting moment. And I love that Kyle's and mind, he goes to the, you know, like, yo, this is, we've got to represent America better. You know, he, he, I guess Kyle just wants America to be a better place. 
I mean, God, but thank God somebody does, you know, mm-hmm. and because that's so. So Sierra gets dragged out by a producer, which is always funny. Sierra just like fucking gets out of cleaning every time. Like people are like, everybody's cleaning. Sierra's like at multiple beds. Like she's changing beds, laying there with her phone, talking to people, never even making like a an overture of like, hey, should I take the trash out? You know? Uh, yeah. At this point, not cleaning is her like defining personality trait on the show. Um, I know. Remember la- when, when she first got there last season and we just used to make fun of her bed because it was just a, a yeah. sty, like a, just a pigsty. You, you know, when I was in my early 20s and first moved to New York and, you know, you have roommates, you don't really want to go in your shared kitchen or whatever. I'm sure my bed was a mess and I just wasn't as clean or organized um, at that point in my life, you know, partying a lot or whatever. I'm sure my bed was like that at times, but now I'm just like, I, I can't see that. I, I don't want to ever see that on TV. Like that, that I, I don't want to see it. Well, you know, it's like Carl's room can pass a white glove test at this point. Like there's not, you don't even know he lives in it. You know, Car- like Carl and Luke are very clean. Even, even when like Carl was drinking and even when like Luke is so drunk, like the they always make their beds and they make their beds very nicely. Like I can't even, I can't do that. I interviewed Luke a couple, like a month or so ago. And he was a couple minutes late. Cause he was showering. He's like, I had to shower. And I was like, you showered for this? Like, I was like, wait, I didn't shower. Like, I, should I have showered? Like, and he was just like, you were like, Oh, that's what it's like to take care of yourself. Right. Yes. Yeah. He, he kind of gives me like multiple showers a day. Oh yeah. Vibes, even though he's kind of like woodsy and like you, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? It's it's like it's it's a it's an interesting um balance. I also think about that too, is like if I had abs, I might want to wash my body more. Like, I, oh, like it'd yeah. be fun to feel those, you know? Uh, oh, it, I mean, if I had a body like Luke's or like Sierra's, I would like sh- constantly, I would be a shower addict. Like I would be obsessed with being naked and just like exactly. touching. My yes. Body. Are you kidding? Like, I mean, that's what, like, if there was like a body switching, we're like body switching movies used to be so popular in the eighties. And I would just love to volunteer for like, if there's ever any kind of science like that, cause it would be so fun to just like, and then I would just try to show all my friends and like, look at this. Yeah. Like it would just be so cool. Um, I would love to freaky Friday with Luke. Oh, <laughs> I would love to see that. I would love to see Luke trying to write a piece, write an article. And so like what he finds fascinating, he's like, all I got to do is find something fascinating and have a take on it. Ah, I can't do it. He'd write about like chopping wood or like how to build an igloo. And then that would be hysterical if you opened up, uh, you know, your computer one day and saw Carrie Whitmer's uh, love of woodworking, you know? Mm -hmm. And you're like, this doesn't seem like Carrie. (laughs) Um, So Sierra Maya comes in to check on her. It's like, oh my God, you know, you're better than Maya's emotional too. Like you're better than this. You're, you know, you just got to move on. And she's like, I let the, let my emotions get the best of me. I don't know. I really don't. uh, I like Maya a lot. I don't love that. She's kind of in this page, Sierra or starting to be in that group more than the other group, but it is an age thing. And um, I don't listen, Sierra's fine. I just don't, I don't just, she's just fine. You know, I, I just don't really feel like she brings that much to the show. I mean, obviously she brought this like whole thing that's the season's been building up to, but beyond that, I just don't find her enjoyable to watch. Like even like housewives or like other reality TV people, 
I like hate, I'm like, I still understand like you make compelling, like they make compelling television. Like Ramona Singer, horrible, horrible human being. I mean, I'm pretty sick of her at this point, but God, did she give us some of the greatest reality TV TV moments in history. Even like Candace from Potomac, I'm just like shaking my fucking head like every time she talks or whatever. And I'm just like, God, like wh- what is wrong with you? <laughs> Wait, by she, the way, did but- you see Candace at the, all the Grammy events? She was no. so proud. She, I mean, I don't think she, she was so proud. She was like, I went to the Grammy. Like, so she was like at every con and I was like happy for her, but it's like, she yeah. was like, look at me. And she's like taking pictures with everybody. And it was like kind of a, I know I can know one person in particular when I say this is going to hate this, but it was like a make a wish foundation where I was like, they let Candace go to not you know, the Grammys itself, but the Grammy events surrounding the Grammy. I, I don't think I listened to her whole album, but that one song was stuck in my head for a while. Drive back. Yes. Drive of course. Back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to sing it, but, it, but it like, it, it was, it, she has a pretty good voice. So look, Candace is one of those people that I'm like, even like early Ramona, I'm like, you make such good TV that you make me like secretly root for you, even though I know you're a pretty bad person, you know, it's like that. And Sierra just isn't, doesn't have any of that, that like keeps me wanting more from her. It just feels like she's like, not very fun. She's always pretty negative, Um, which fine, but it's just in a way that's pretty boring. Well, you also see, I mean, and there's a lot of Sierras out there in the world of like, this is a girl that's stunningly beautiful, but at the same time, there's not, I mean, at least what we see on the show, there's not much there there. So it's like, this is a, this is a basic girl living her life. And that's why I think somebody like Austin can get in there because Austin is kind of considered like the funny, smart guy, like hey, mm-hmm. smart and funny and probably has read a book or two in his day. And Sierra's like, what's that about? And here's a, an accomplished nurse, but nurse that doesn't know what a lobotomy is, uh, as we found out a couple episodes ago. <laughs> and it's just like, it just is like, okay. Like even in the fight with Lindsay, it's like, even that, you know, she rehearsed this speech to give to Lindsay. It felt very much so. And it was like her moment. And it's just like, you know, like this is a person that's not used to doing that. So it came off really clunky and poorly. Like if Paige is going to do that, Paige is going to read you into the next, like, you know, universe. She's going to be so good at it. She is so good at it. Sierra's just there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, if she doesn't feel like, there's just nothing that I, that's compelling me to learn more about her. Or Even learn. there's that scene towards the end where she meets in the city, you guys on a Thursday. I love when they put the days up, like, Oh my I, God. Oh, I love like it. I love, I love when I'm like, Oh my God, I've got a Thursday. I I know what Thursday is. Like I've been in a <laughs> Thursday. You're like, they do these time things like at like 10 36 AM. And I'm like, Oh my God, do they really timestamp these things? You know? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, she had this conversation with somebody that was going to, that works in nursing in the city. And, and I, I gotta tell you, like I zoned so out on that. I usually take pretty detailed notes and I just found that I, I don't know what happened. I must've blacked out or something. I just didn't even take any notes. Yeah, I, 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 I had like, I was taking notes too. And during that scene, I just like drew a sun that I just like, <laughs> I kept like shading it. Like it started as just a circle, and then it. You were like Elizabeth, Elizabeth Holmes, uh, keep yeah. uh, drawing that thing she does and, and highlighting it. Um, yes. 
So the girls, Lindsay and Danielle, though, I love, they're out there like, oh, she wants you to make you feel bad, Lindsay. And Lindsay's like, and I don't, I don't feel bad. I do love that they all are like kind of gathering in all of these different rooms. But then at the end of the night, they still go out. Like, this is when I got exhausted, where I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, Lindsay and Danielle are changed. Lindsay, Lindsay changes two times before she goes out after this class incident. And they, they still end up going out. I, you know, I think a lot of, people including myself can maybe relate to changing your outfit many times i in fact have worn two different pants today um but oh do you have your lucky podcast pants on right now um i'm wearing more like i was like out earlier um so i had like i guess it like these are like house pants um yeah but i had more like business i guess pants um because i went like out to lunch but uh I can relate to changing multiple times. It's like, here's like the partying inside, partying at the house outfit. And then you're like going out to a bar in the Hamptons outfit. Like that's a different vibe, but I don't yeah, know. I have, I have my, I have my going out. I have my like nice, like meeting basketball shorts when I am in a nice meeting with, and then I yeah. have my podcast basketball shorts. Um, Craig is talking to the guys in the kitchen to Carl and Kyle. And he's like, Hey, Austin coming into this house and making out with Lindsay in front of Sierra. That's bullshit, man. That's bullshit. You should never come to someone's house, especially after Vermont, which he's talking about winter house. And he's like, he was official with Sierra. He was taking her to Charleston and all that. He's as official with Sierra as I was with Paige. What? This, sorry. I, I wish no. we could like have like a, uh, David Attenborough like describe my facial expressions while you were describing <laughs> while you were reading like Craig's dialogue because first of all Austin made it very clear at Winterhouse w- that he did not want to be f- official with Sierra from what I remember yeah. I mean I kind of Winterhouse was kind of boring um but now I kind of want to rewatch it and like take notes well yeah that thing like, of like I'd still like to put my penis in you but I'm not looking for a relationship yeah, kind of vibe, yes you know? he like Austin made it very clear to Sierra that he that it was just a fling and he was not interested in a relationship with her um, at in Vermont. And simultaneously in Vermont, they were doing the same thing, even worse in my opinion, to Lindsay that Sierra is claiming Lindsay is doing to her. Um, I know, I'm sure you've addressed the hypocrisy there. Um, And Craig just, invited Paige to meet his parents but then was like kind of like but, oh but wait, not but, but not but, in an official way i just want you but, to eat crabs and swim with me but i'm still like it's still okay if i fuck someone who was previously on the hills in laguna beach like <laughs> what that i, I like I, that craig keeps saying this because you know guys he's not saying this just in case he's saying this because he's obviously fucking somebody else at the same yes, time still he's you know? It's so obvious that he is trying so hard to cover his ass. Um, but then yeah, like he's like, this is like lawyer shit. By the way, this is where I do believe Craig is a lawyer because he's like literally trying to get by on technicalities. He's like, mm-hmm. yo, I told you, listen, we are not official. I told you. So, and by the way, Paige for being so women's lib and all that stuff, she's like, you're right. He did tell me. I And then she'll be like, I want this, this, and this. And then he'll be like, yeah, but we shouldn't be official. And she's like, yeah, I love whatever we're doing. I'm like, no, you don't. Yeah, I I don't, I, I don't think I've like ever heard of someone 
saying, I want you to meet my parents before ever being official. Like, that's just such a weird step to me. I like, I, I don't, I don't even understand why he, why, like, what's the, I don't know. I, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's interesting. And, and so that gets, keeps getting brought up throughout the episode, but I love that even Craig talks to Lindsay before they leave. And Lindsay is just like, yo, like, uh, you know, what do you think of this whole, uh, situation? And he's like, yeah, it's like, this is crazy, but there's no permanent damage. And Lindsay's like, but to throw a drink on someone is not okay. And Craig's like, yeah, that's not the appropriate route. And, uh, he goes, but Lindsay, you also hooked up, you know, with your roommate's boy, Lindsay. how do you, how do you think it made Sierra feel when you made out? And then we get a cut of just Sierra laying in bed with her phone at like, just no action at all. And then we go back to Lindsay and Lindsay says, he told me he didn't want to be with her. And Craig's like, he told you, but he didn't tell her. And Lindsay's like, he told me he told her. And then Craig goes, he's a liar. He goes, which I'm sure is true. Yeah. Oh, totally. Craig's like, I'm just saying, be understanding, Lindsay. That's all. Craig says, I thought it was fucked up what I heard. And I was really disappointed to hear what you guys did. And then Lindsay goes, I graduated 20th out of 600 people in my class class, like out of nowhere says this. And Craig goes, I didn't say you weren't smart, Lindsay. And she goes, I'm the most intelligent. And then he goes, well, then you could see how it hurts her feelings. Like that's a perfect scene. That's a perfect (laughs) scene. I, I really did like Craig in that moment. Like he didn't have me that like previous, like that whole scene until that. And I was like, I think this is the most I'll ever like Craig. Yeah, it was like, it was just like a perfect dialogue scene. And you really see Lindsay, like, it's one of those things that we all have our Achilles heel of like, don't call me stupid. I'm like, I didn't even bring up even brain power at all. Like, this is, yeah. like, we're talking about emotional reactions to something. And you're like, I'm the most smart. That that scene is like the best example of like showing someone who's like never seen Summer House showing this woman is perfect for for reality television you have to watch this like i feel like that's a great scene to show someone to try to convince them to watch summer house you know and i just love i i just made this point it's like they're about to go out and i just love that you know in in my actual life i will mull on something i will be depressed about something for days on end and these people just keep it going like there is not you know there is a moment of sadness but then we go out and party and then the next day we're going to play volleyball and we're going to do it with smiles on like i truly believe they want to be there still when i would just be hiding in my room like sierra's even coming into the kitchen now and it's just like this is so fascinating to me how they're able to keep it moving I, you know, I think that being paid to do it is a strong motivator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I've never tried to be paid for it. That's might be yeah. the, the actual missing ingredient. They all go out, you guys. They all come back. We see the four boxes, bloop, 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 which I am such a geek, as I, I always that. say to you guys. Like for me, I think that's the height of technology. I'm like, wow, James Cameron's <laughs> avatar has nothing on these four boxes, you know? Um, and they all come and Kyle's Kyle's doing what he does best, just wasted solo scenes. He goes, I want to listen to music for a second. And he's dancing by himself in the kitchen. Like this man does such good one man work, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Kyle then goes into Luke's room. And he's like, can you push my legs back? He's laying on the bed and Luke's like, don't fart dude. And Kyle's like, I swear to God, I'm not. He goes, you better not. And even that little dialogue had me where I was like, this is so bro of like, don't fart on me, dude. When you're drunk, it's, you know, 
Now I've definitely, my boyfriend was, who never really watches Summer House with me was, um, I wouldn't say he was watching Summer House with me last night, but he was sitting next to me on the couch while I was watching house and I made him look up and I was like it's us when <laughs> because like, he's made me he's made me like do the push of the legs for that like nice hamstring stretch and I've also <laughs> been like don't fart <laughs> <laughs> that's a good relationship but that's a not good not rel- not drunk not drunk at 2 a.m., just like completely sober at any time during the day. And by the way, because I know there was a thing of Luke likes to kind of be clean too. And mm-hmm. I love that thought of even though they're drunk, Luke's like, no, for real though, don't fart on me. I don't want fart germs on me, you know? <laughs> um, we get up in the next morning, it's 8.46 a.m. Carl's already doing push-ups. It seems okay, like he's Carl. like 100 push-ups in already. Um, yeah. And... Paige is doing what she does best. She's already on her phone with Craig Lane next to her. He's like, I want to get closer, babe. And she's already seems like she's been up for an hour, but just on her phone. She's always like that little, her neck has no neck. And she's just, she's like, just typing. like scrolling bizarre Instagram. Yeah. Like we've all done that. Like, this is like, where like I'm yeah. like, Oh my God, I'm sure she's reading your shit. I'm sure she's seen my stupid memes. Mm-hmm. Like she's on it. You know, the early two thousands was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series from shows like kid nation, CBS weird Lord of the fly style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town to the swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently, The Big Flop looked at The Swan, a competition show between women who were hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem? The women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it all led to trauma for the contestants and terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. Um, Maya wakes up in Sierra's bed. They're doing good. Kyle wakes up to an alarm. And this is what I love about this episode in particular, is that we have the backdrop of a hurricane. Like, I feel like this should have been really hit even more of like a disaster movie of like, it's like, do you ever wonder if like, if we could take the cast of summer house and like, wouldn't you want them to see them in a walking dead situation? Like zombie, like, like we, we take, we like, like the Cloverfield monster happens to the summer house yeah. gang or Vanderpump rules, like, you know, meets aliens. Like I, I love the element of a weird backdrop that they work against or together against, you know, I, I enjoyed the, like, throughout the entire episode i enjoyed the threat of they might be stuck here all week but at the same time ignoring the threat and literally going towards the water going towards the ocean you know they were not going to let this ruin their uh and and even luke says hey a little water never hurt anybody which is just that's not true that's a lot of people actually and her hurricanes specifically have hurt a lot of people yeah. Um, you're canceled, Luke. That's done. <laughs> you're done, dude. You're done. Um, Carl and Lindsay have this little interaction in the kitchen the next morning where he's all sweaty from his run. And Lindsay goes, Oh my God, just the person I was looking for. And they have this little dialogue where she's like, Oh, is there glass deal? Should I put shoesies on? Should I put shoesies on? And Carl goes to shoesy or not shoesy? That is the question. 
And she thinks it's the most hysterical thing she's ever heard in her life. And that's why I was like, oh my God, these people might belong together because it's that stupid, like, and we've all been in that situation where you, you're able to get away with jokes that aren't funny, that are stu- yeah. like sh- to shoesy or not to shoesy, like a Shakespeare, like I, I was, I rewound it. Cause I was like, did that just, and she treated him he, like he was a King, like my smart, funny King, you know? Yeah, it was. And it was just like a pretty stupid thing to say. Like it didn't make any sense. Made no sense. Um, and she acted like she got it completely. Yeah. How, how witty, like that's very, you know, so funny. Um, Amanda tells Kyle, who's waking up, you fell asleep fully clothed in the wrong way in the bed. But unlike usual, she was actually hat. Like she was like, yay, my sweet, my fun Kyle's back, you know? Yeah. I don't know. She seemed like that. Yeah. What? Yeah. That was kind of, that was, I was kind of confused about that. I, I guess she's like, okay with him, like drinking this particular weekend. Yeah, like I felt like she was at ease with it more than because Kyle came I, back ripped. It's just that she didn't yeah. go to the bar with him to see. She it. so so I do wonder. You, I could tell. Um, I didn't say this earlier, but I could tell that after the incident earlier, Amanda seemed really uncomfortable, especially after like Sierra kind of came into Carl's room during that scene um, when they were all like giving her hugs. Like she seemed like kind of uneasy. Um, I, I don't know if it was because she was uncomfortable, like talking to Sierra or just because she just didn't know what to do. It seemed like she just had no idea what to do and how to move on from it. And then you see her later. She like changed, she changes out of her like neon green whale tail pants um, <laughs> and changes into like, I think like booty shorts. And she's like, what? Like, and just gets like drunk and lets loose. So I wonder if that she was like so drunk that she just kind of fell asleep and didn't really care. Yeah, um, I, think that, whereas, that, I think that's it. Uh, other times, and I and I mean, I've been in relationships and including my current one where I'm less drunk. And when your partner's more drunk, it's not fun. And you're kind of like, I want to fucking leave. Like, and I don't want to have to like, like, you know, like I, I, sometimes well, that's why I, I feel bad for Carl. Like, I mean, Carl must just be like, oh my God, these are all fucking idiots. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that really is that kind of like, wow, it, it's fun to agree to watch your friends get hammered, but then it comes, it becomes not fun real quick. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I feel very, what's going on with girls backs page asks Carl goes, uh, uh, page goes, I miss you to, to Craig and Craig goes, I'm right here. And then she goes, will you scratch my back? what's going on in girls backs? Because I've actually been asked to scratch girls backs before. And I don't think I've ever asked a girl to scratch my back. Like, is there something going on with women's backs? My boyfriend asks me to scratch his back. Um, okay. never mind. But he's more, I, I feel like he's more of a, a la- I don't even know what I was going to say. I just, I, I it just always feels like I'm seeing girls or hearing girls ask to get their back scratched. I, I, I certainly asked um, you know what I think it is since I started using like a better, um, <laughs> device to exfoliate my body. I <laughs> don't need that as often. So maybe <laughs> we got to get Paige disorder, okay. a, love, a love scrub. Oh, that'll be good for her Amazon lives. Um, yeah. this is a, the moment I also realized <laughs> that, um, once again, there's always like a deep within the show where you're like, oh, wow, Alex isn't here again. Yeah, and by the way, Alex would have, we needed him the most in that fight scene with his muscles and his protection. And Alex, once again, I think this is three episodes in a row where he is not in the summer house. 
weird. And anyway, don't know what's going on with that, but it seems like they just were like, oh, you're not really working that well, so we're not going to pay you to be on the show anymore. Because I'm guessing it's like a per episode fee. Exactly, yeah. Um, So uh, everybody's waking up, going back into the kitchen, um, and they're going to prepare for this. uh, Well, then the hurricane situation has everybody worried, but they're going to go still do this volleyball day. Carl, and I think it's just mainly for Carl, because it's like he comes out with like a bullhorn. He's like, who's ready for volleyball? It's like a sober activity that, you know, Carl's like really, he's like, I used to play uh, volleyball and we get a shot of, you know, volleyball Carl as a kid. And uh, he's like, these ladies can battle it out on the volleyball court. You know, and it's just like your dad yeah. is there. He's like, you know, they have an 80s team and a 90s team. Um, Lindsay is cleaning the kitchen, wanting to get rid of everything from the night before. Once again, I said Sierra didn't clean up a damn thing. Paige lets us know that she knew the 80s team was going to dress like dorks of some sort of theme. So they're going to dress as the 80s team. So I, you know what? For some reason with Summer House, I don't mind all the costumes. I kind of dig it. Like, I don't mind I, it. I, I didn't really like the dressing up as the 80s team. Like, I thought that was, like, really stupid. I'm like, is that, like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, like, how, like... <laughs> At some point in this society, we got to realize like a straight man in drag is not that funny anymore. Um, And was it ever funny? Uh, Andrea comes out as Lindsay, you guys. And it's the word. He's like, hi, Lindsay. Like he sound like there's no there's no working on the actual imitation of Lindsay, except that it's like a blonde wig. And you can see, I think, some nipple. Yeah, I mean, like him in the one piece swimsuit was kind of funny, but I, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't need to see like Paige put on like stubble. I don't, I, you know, I, Gary, I gotta say, it might also be how it like hits you in the moment. Like, do you, I mean, maybe yeah. like for me, I like it because it's just like these are what. Like, I would never do it, but I appreciate that they seem to really get a kick out of each other they, doing it. Like, the reveal to the 80s team, the, Carl's like, oh, yeah. Oh, and Kyle. Kyle loves. They, you know, Kyle would love a wax museum. He loved he it so much. I, w- I was just going to say, they should have just all have been Kyle. Um, <laughs> because, like, yeah. the, the rest of them, like, don't really have that distinctive a look. Yeah. Except for Kyle. Like, you just get that, like, wig that he loves like just just do kyle no no need to like dress up as anyone else in the house um, i do love that maya actually did add the sty kyle's sty to that, that was, was and the that fact that really kyle weird. didn't get it at first amanda's like look babe look and he's like what well, i don't get it he's like your sty he's like oh my sty <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know like i was like wow that's really interesting how much kyle doesn't get you know yeah um uh, there and the eighties team kind of, it seemed like the guys were just dressing up as top gun, which by the way, you excited for top gun Maverick? Um, I mean, I don't, <laughs> I, you know, I really, I really like Glenn Powell. So sure. I mean, I, by the way, I was in acting class with Glenn Powell for a while. That dude has a interesting story. That dude, hmm. like I, uh, he would like when he moved to LA, like this dude would just get on studio lots and he would just plant outside an office and he would just talk to anybody walking down the path. They were like, what's up? Like he just, he would like connection wow. after connection. He did a, I used to do a podcast for my acting studio and I had him on and uh, just, I mean, you, you think about these people wow. that really go for it. Like this dude, 
like, and not in a weird way either, like in an excited, I want to be a part of this industry way. Yeah. And I'm going to find, I'm going to find a way to get in, you know, good for that. That's a hustle. I, and you know, really exciting to find out someone is not a nepotism. Oh yeah. Um, baby. And that, that, that almost feels like a very like old Hollywood story. Like that, that feels like yes. a, a story of like, oh, she came from like a small town in, in uh, Minnesota and she just like brought one briefcase to Hollywood, California, and she just like stumbled onto the right person. That, that, that's giving that kind of story. Love well, yeah, there's, Ma- there's McConaughey elements to it. There's, mm-hmm. you know, which by the way, I really recommend people listen to the audiobook of Matthew McConaughey's Green Lights book that he wrote. It's fascinating in so oh. many different ways. So many different ways how you take it. But yeah, no. Um, and he was so good in that Linklater movie. Uh, okay, so they're all getting ready. They all got costumes on. They go. Sierra pulls Danielle aside beforehand and just says, hey, I just want to say I'm sorry. Sierra's like, yo, like, or Danielle's like, yo, I hope we can put this aside. I thought we were friends besides Lindsay, but, you know, you got to understand this and this and this. And you reacted the way you did. Um, and you know, like this, Sierra did what she had to do. She apologized and Danielle. Yeah. It, it felt like a pretty quick forgiveness to me, um, considering the severity of what happened, but it also seems like it happened so quickly that maybe Danielle hadn't even really completely processed it yet. Um, you know what I I think I've heard her say some opinions since then and like, which funny, it's so funny. I've never tried to talk to Danielle because I almost feel like why waste? Like, I'm like, Danielle's like a real person. Why am I going to waste her time? Like, we know, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to take her time. Like, she's like, it's funny when, like, I don't mind talking to the other Bravo Lebs because they're really trying to do this, whatever yeah. this is. But sometimes I'm like, I've left Danielle alone because I'm like, you know what? I don't know if she needs to get involved in this silliness, I'm, you know? I'm pretty sure not, I'm not like, I'm not like creepy at all. Like I don't like stalk her like stories or whatever, but I'm pretty sure she lives in a building across the street from where I used to live in Brooklyn. So, so to me, Hey, give me that address right now. (laughs) So to me, I, I, so, so, so to me, I'm like, I I just like recognize the area where like, I see like her posts and like stories and like background. Um, But it, to me, it like gives me more of like, Oh, she's like a real person. Yeah, yeah. I was even, just gonna know. even though everyone else on the show lives in New York City, where I have lived for a long time now, it's like it's still like they all live in like Midtown, which is <laughs> yeah. a place I never go. So I'm like, that's they're not real people to me. No yeah. one lives actually lives there. You know? Uh, no, totally. No, the Daniel always just strikes me as the real one for some reason for a lot of reasons. Yeah. But they get to the beach. Amanda also is dressed as Kyle, and the whole beach like montage. Uh, is just her like kind of like like chugging and like yeah and like doing like weird jack off motions and stuff like that you know which is I love that's her big imitation of the man of her life you know yeah and she's dead on it's a dead on imitation I it's she is at least acknowledging who she chose to marry it's so. very much so finally. Um, they lose you guys the 80s team with Carl and Lou you know the older and I by the way I just felt like Carl needed that win like we couldn't have thrown the game for Carl I know I was like honestly kind of annoyed that they like even were like trying just like he got wine dumped on him last night like give him something yeah 
Um, Craig and Amanda sit down together after the volleyball game. And Amanda's like, well, I heard you, uh, my little pagey, you said to uh, the parents thing, you know, and he's like, oh, yeah, it wasn't a formal thing. And Amanda's like, Paige has a really good head on her shoulders about this situation. But the parents thing is a lot. Do you see this turning into a relationship? And he goes, I wouldn't do this if I didn't. Hey, you either break up or you get married at this point. If I didn't see potential of seeing her on that altar with me one day. I wouldn't be here. And Amanda just eats that shit up. And I do want to point out, I think this is the moment where I saw one of the worst tattoos in my life is Craig Conover has tattoos of guns on his shoulder. I didn't notice this. I saw your gun tattoos. I think I saw you tweet about it, but I did not notice that. I said, like, there's a right to bear arms. There's a right to bear arms, but I do want the government to take away Craig's gun tattoos. Like, I think those need to be taken off his body. Cause it's like, how are you ever going to be taken serious if you have two, like, like not even like just, it's like two hand, like two pistols. Like what? Um, I, th- I think in Charleston, South Carolina, people have a different, completely different take. They probably uh, think it's really yeah. cool. I need that on my body immediately. Um, uh, also if Craig and Paige actually do work out, which I think they'll probably end up getting married. This like yeah. this will be more successful than the entirety of the bachelor franchise. Uh, we cut to Kyle <laughs> and Carl there. Uh, Carl's like, uh, this is kind of like a forced scene, obviously where yeah. Kyle's like, yo, the investors want me to get a prenup. And Carl's goes, great idea. Great idea. Uh, you know, just have a conversation about what is hers and what is yours. And he goes, I'm being told by attorneys. I need to do it in the next couple of weeks. I don't want her parents thinking I'm weird because of this. And we intercut this with Danielle and Lindsay where Lindsay's just saying, yeah, Danielle hasn't had the courage to, or Sierra hasn't had the courage to apologize to me yet. And Danielle's like, I think she's just giving you space. Um, and, you know, it's like, did Danielle ask, did you want to hurt her, Lindsay? And Lindsay goes, no, I was fully aware that Austin could pick her when he came to this house. I didn't realize he would focus on me. And she's like, but did you like that? And then we get a whole flashback of her and Austin. And that one scene in particular, when they're eating Austin and Lindsay, and he's like, babe, do you think anyone could tell me what to do? Like he's such a rebel in the moment where like, where like Lindsay's like, don't let Sierra tell you what to do. And he's like, babe, do you think anyone can tell me what to do? And it's like, it's like him thinking of himself as the hero in a movie, you know, like yeah. the, the the rebel, you know? Yeah. Uh, I've, he, I feel like he, like the way he talks, he thinks that he sounds like, like Hunter S. Thompson or Jack yeah. Kerouac. He's read Fear and Loathing once and thinks he gets counterculture. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It, it, he maybe just read the Spark Notes. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, they're having this conversation. All the while, my favorite image happened of this whole thing is Kyle just running in a sea of birds. Oh, my God. He goes, whoa, dude. And he's by himself. He's just chasing in the sea of birds. And it's, it's weirdly meditative and like peaceful. And it like, it really, they really hammer home how childlike Kyle is in this really interesting way. But we see him be a real idiot too. But in these little moments where he's just chasing birds, I made a, a meme of this and Kyle uh, DM'd me last night. I was like, dude, 
I love this. I'm going to post this. To-. He goes, he goes, I'm going to post this tomorrow when, you know, when it, when more people are up, I love this. When and he was like, are. he was really, he was really happy about it. And I was like, oh yeah, man. I was like, great moment. Great moment. Like, you know, and I really do believe it's a great moment. Love that. He was like, I'm going to post this when more people are awake. Yeah. Um, a social media king. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, like moments of Kyle like that, make me really really like him and they make me understand like if he can experience such bliss just like chasing a bunch of birds on the beach then you know I kind of get why he drinks so much (laughs) (laughs) like if I could feel that (laughs) when I drink too (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, it's like also a very compelling ad for Lover Boy. Um, like that, that makes me want to drink hard tea. Oh and my God, I, that I, really is like a think of, picture of a magazine ad of just Carl chasing like birds and with like a just Lover Boy, like be like be you. And it's like be you, Lover Boy. Yeah, just like it's just like the ad is just your meme. Yeah. Um, maybe Whoa. you can DM Whoa, Kyle. Oh, dude. Yeah. But it, it, have you have you had Lover Boy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done a taste yeah. test. It's, I've done a taste test good. on the pod. Some of it's good. I tasted one that I didn't really care for, but I'm just it was like there was like some spice in it. It's way, oh, the chai, the chai yeah. one, uh, the chai one. I had a hard time with just because it was like too flavorful. But I love the hibiscus and the lemon tea. Yeah, the teas like really kill it yeah. over the actual. I mean, listen, I think they're definitely going to continue to be a company. I think it's going to get bigger and bigger. You oh, know, for I, sure. I really yeah, I'm, I've already noticed like seeing it at a lot of different retailers around. Like they they sell it at like Wegmans now. Um, they're doing pretty. pretty like well. I don't doubt that he busts his ass. Like I do not oh, doubt yeah. that. In you know. Um, so anyways, they get back to the house, you guys. They're moving the stuff inside because the storm's coming, which I want to point out also Paige and Craig are just in the hot tub while everybody's like moving shit in. Like pay the Paige Craig, like the Paige Sierra contingent does not do shit. Okay. Like they can, had no chores. No. Can we rewind back to the beach yeah. for a second? Yes. So the the waves are so scary. Like that, like seeing waves like that in person they're so much bigger than they look on TV. And those looked massive on TV, you know? Oh yeah. Cause that was also the moment where I forgot to say, Amanda told Sierra goes, Oh my God, I don't want to tell you this, but I just talked to Craig and he's talked about getting married to you. And she's like, Oh my God. And that's and then, when the wave yeah. crashed. Like, cause that's God saying that's bullshit that don't listen to that. that and that the, really, the wave, the wave took her phone. That really was nature calling. Um, but just like, I, I am familiar with like what the beach looks like, what the ocean is like during like that period. Um, last summer I was visiting my um, parents where they, they live on the Gulf coast in Alabama. Um, did you know, (laughs) did you know that Alabama has a coast? Um, (laughs) yeah. Um, and we were there the day we were supposed to go to the beach was similar. There was like a tropical storm. There was a hurricane coming. Um, I think at the time it was a tropical storm and it was the only beach day that we had when we were there, we weren't allowed to go in the water because it was so dangerous. And it was just, it looked exactly like that. And we were just like standing around taking photos of like the ocean and stuff and taking photos together. 
like my mom was taking a photo of like me and my cousins and my sisters. And then just like a wave crashed up on us just like that. Um, and I was like, you know what? We shouldn't have taken pictures. Um, yes. Anyways, I, I just had to acknowledge because I, I like those waves looked so huge. Yeah. And yeah. It, I was like, you guys should not be, no one should have been at that. Beach I night. wonder if that's when production was like, we got to go home and we're not going to stay tonight. They, like, because they all of a sudden left that night after they come back, they did the cleaning. And then we had a really quick scene with Sierra and Lindsay in the hot tub or by yeah. the hot tub, you know, talking about this situation, which this is what I'm saying. Like Sierra's fine, but it just didn't, I don't care. Like I didn't care like Lindsay pops off the screen for me and Sierra doesn't. So yeah. even in this conversation, I think it's this weird, uh, a weird dilemma because I truly believe Lindsay doesn't really give Sierra a lot of thought. I, oh, I, I, I truly believe that too. But I, and I think that's also because Sierra does not give Lindsay a lot of thought to, I mean, it, it seems like from my perspective, what's going on is like what we were talking about at the beginning. It's just this age difference where like I have friends of all different ages, older and younger than me, but at a certain point, I mean, it really depends on the person. I think I don't want to like generalize by being like all 25 year olds are immature, but there is a huge difference in the lifestyle and choices of a 35 year old woman and a 25 year old woman. And I think they both have, they would probably try to like deny this, but I think they have pretty similar ways of approaching relationships where in that, I mean, it seems like Sierra and Lindsay have pretty high expectations and they're into, they want commitment pretty quickly. Um, I think, I think Lindsay's made that pretty clear throughout her history on the show. This is the only season where she's really been like experimenting. And I think Sierra has established, she expects someone who will never text her after 9 PM for some reason. Um, yeah, yeah. But no, it's okay. If other, like, like, remember she gave Luke such a hard time for it. You yeah. Know? It, 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 so, so, I, I don't know. It, it just seems like Sarah's not, in a place where she is self-aware enough to really see what Austin is really doing to her. And Lindsay is so self-aware now that she, and she had been wronged by Austin before. So she, it seems like Lindsay truly does not think about Sierra and doesn't even really think about Austin that much either. Yeah. Um, and I, I also think that, when you get older, I think you kind of realize that like Lindsay was trying to explain in that scene, like me and Austin have always been like this. This has always been our dynamic. And that's something you kind of realize when you get older and you hang out with people from different parts of your life, which you don't really realize as much when I think you're in your twenties. Cause it's like, when I see friends from college, I'm kind of a different person than I am now with like my current group of friends or like when I see my family, I'm kind of a different, diff a little bit different. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think with Lindsay and Austin have this like thing that started off very flirty and it's always going to be that way and they can't really help it. And I think I've had friendships with guys that that's like that as well. And it seems like Sierra just doesn't 
understand. And to Sierra, she was like, oh, well, Austin wasn't into Lindsay. He didn't want to be with Lindsay. He wanted to be with me. How dare Lindsay do this to me? You know, it, 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 she just it's has very, these, yeah, like, but that's why it almost makes me curious, but not in a way where I want to see this go on for another 10 years. Yeah. But I would love, I would love to see what Sierra is like at 35. Yeah. Yeah. I was sorry. I was talking really long about that. I, it just, no, it, no, no. I know. Like, I think actually that's the fascinating part of this is that she is treating this like some kind of like storybook romance when in the reality of it, you're not taking into kind of any interpersonal dynamics that men and women actually have, you know, yeah. is that it isn't just like, okay, now it's official. We are together. And these other outside relationships do not have any kind of, you know, it does not penetrate at all anymore, you know? Yeah. Like I, like I said, I think it's just Sierra just does not seem to have awareness of herself enough to have awareness of how other people are operating and what, other people's intentions are she's only seeing what she sees yeah exactly yeah yeah i mean and that, that's but it just to me it's also still a little boring because it's sierra and mm. uh so they all pack up you guys they uh they leave the old summer house it says it says a dude we're back in the city um and uh you know page peg and craig oh page and craig also before they left craig's like i really want you to come have crabs and swim with me and he's like yeah she's like i do too like so it seems like okay they're they're still on course they go back into the the city um uh let's see here Oh yeah, no, there was a real quick thing. Danielle saying that Robert has a job offer in Charleston. Mm -hmm. So Danielle comes in to talk to Craig about Charleston. And I just love Craig's like, yo, Charleston's out of a movie. It's not, I, people are like, this isn't real life. We have the number one city in the world. We have the number one food in the world. And Paige is like, I don't have one negative thing to say about it. I don't have, Paige goes, I don't have one negative thing to say about it. He's going to ask me to marry him. And then Craig goes, just, okay, hey, just come visit, (laughs) just come visit for a bit. And then she leaves. Daniel's like, okay. And then he goes, I should work for the board of tourism. Oh my God. So I'm that good. Setting up Danielle and Robert's probably appearance on Southern charm. Also, I have something to say about Charleston. It is gentrified Savannah. I'm impartial to Savannah because I went to college there, but Savannah's better than Charleston. Um, (laughs) I'd love to, I'd love to see you debate Craig about this. I don't know if I ever want to talk to him in my life. I mean, whatever. I'll I'll give him a shot. Um, but Charleston is very like I don't even know. It feels kind of like the Soho of the South. Like I don't know. If oh, you're, I like the Soho of the yeah, South. Yeah, it, it's like it's like oh, here's like your Apple Store, and you're like I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a you're like Louis Vuitton and stuff. But I also like, like that it's Craig's experience of like. Hey, sometimes I'll drink on a Tuesday, Charleston. Like, yeah, you know, like he's I like, mean, you know, he's like, so do I? <laughs> it's just like weird what I think he thinks is. And by the way, we all kind of love these certain areas that we grew up. And yeah, like yeah, Charleston is more known than most. I have not been to Charleston, so I can't really speak on it, but it just cracked me up that, you know, that hometown pride. It's more missable than Savannah. That's my take. <laughs> we get into the week Monday. We see Maya on a little, uh, like a date with Oliver, the dude that Danielle set her up with, which was exciting. Just he's like hot. two seconds. Yeah. He's a good looking dude. Tuesday. Uh, we have Amanda and Kyle looking at wedding napkins. And then this is the. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just like, 
Kyle, when they opened up the cabinet, he's he was like, whoa, just, whoa, whoa, whoa. There were so many napkins because she was like, hey, Amanda was like, can we look at some other napkin choices? And the lady goes, this is our napkin closet. And Kyle's like, whoa. Kyle's just like approach, childlike approach to his entire life is so inspiring. Like, I, I truly, I truly wish I had that. I, yeah. I wish, I wish that I could be floored by like a bunch of napkins the way that he was. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, and these people, and that's why Kyle probably did so well in a fraternity and all that stuff, because it's like this structured way to show emotion and to love life, you yeah. know, in this kind of structured way. Like, I don't know, like, you're just like, holy shit, you know, like this dude might appreciate life more than I ever will, you know? Um, yeah. So uh, we also, this is where we have Sierra meeting with Jamie, the ER nurse. I do not care. Um, Sharon and Lou, Carl's uh, mom and stepmom, visit him as, as his apartment. And, you know, it's, you know, oh, this is so nice, Carl. And, and he, you know, the stepdad's like, oh, and Lindsay's up in the top place. And uh, she's like, yeah, yeah, Lindsay's on the top. And the mom's like, when do you get a move up there? Did, you know? Did, did that feel to you like his mom, like pushing him being with very Lindsay, much so like i feel yeah. like they very and even the stepdad you could tell Lindsay's even met the stepdad and the stepdad's charmed by Lindsay because he's yeah. like here here Lindsay lives in this building like almost to the point where i was like i wonder if they had that plan of like make sure we bring up Lindsay. it, it felt like it felt like yeah it and it, in a way where it didn't it didn't really feel like the producers being like can you remind the audience make sure to remind the audience that Lindsay lives in the same oh, building it felt yeah, very yeah, yeah. it felt very organic to them being like we're gonna like push Lindsay on carl because they should be together um carl lets his mom know that he's like i think 233 days sober the mom hugs him and the stepdad's like damn carl you deserve a lot of praise for that and the mom's like hey i'm sorry it came to pass the way it did because of you know, or, you know, my son, your brother and Curtis, um, and Carl lets us know in a talking head that, you know, his, his guiding light has always been his brother in, in, in unfortunate ways because he even saw his brother be a mess and that helped him not to be a mess. But in a talking head, he says, you know, I, Hey, I thought I was normal. I thought I was like any other 28 year old in New York doing Coke and drinking all the time. But then it came, you know, a thing that happens and you realize you can't stop. And then when you bury your brother, you have to make a change. I thought this was a really interesting line that sometimes doesn't belong in a show that like of silliness of mm -hmm. like throwing glasses, because I mean, this is one of the first times where I think we've heard the word cocaine or Coke I, on Bravo. I'm glad I, I wanted to ask you about that because I was like quite floored by that. Um, I thought it was like, by the way, and by the way, I know Coke has been done a lot on Bravo, but I mean, the only other time that I can think of is Lisa Rinna, where you doing Coke in the bathroom. And that was in a very funny, not even a funny way, but it was like kind of ridiculous in this PK Dorit land. But this is like a, a person kind of admitting to, I was running around doing Coke every day and that yeah. was my norm, you know? It was it was someone acknowledging that they've done it, not like yeah. someone asking if they did it. Um, yeah. I, I, I was shocked by that. Um, and, but, but I, I, gosh, I, I'm like really liking Carl. Um, I, I, I felt, I felt so bad for him, um, in the scene and just like him admitting that is like really, I mean, shocking, but also like, I don't want to say cool. It's just, it's really, 
I'm really happy for him that he's in this place where he can separate like his so sober Carl from who he was before. Um, and I, I, and I think like admitting that just saying that on TV was like a really good sign of where he is now, if that makes sense. Yeah. It was like deep introspection that this dude's been going through. And it really, yeah. like, if anything, it is really not just admirable, but it's inspiring. It's like you, where you almost like, to me, this is something that would actually go like, maybe I could do that too, because you see that every day he's sober, he gets a little stronger and he gets a little more sure of himself. But even like, they talk about the McKinsey relationship he's in right now. And the mom's like, yo, if you're not like, you know, you'll know when you know, cause he's even like, yeah, I think I might need a little bit more time just working on myself. And even though she has been game for it so far and really likes me, I still feel like I don't want any outside pressure. Like I really love that he is working this program and I think he's seeing huge results, but it like means something to him now, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, gosh, the, the resilience it takes to be sober in that, I mean, any situation for any, any addict um, trying to be sober is a, so challenging and I like can't imagine how like what these people go through but Carl being in this environment like every single weekend all summer in this environment that he used to like participate in that's like so tempting to just like go through that while he's like on this journey is must have been like so hard for him yeah i mean it's really it's it's really actually cool to watch and i don't mind it it i mean it's Mm -hmm. definitely a gear shift from the other storylines but i almost Mm -hmm. kind of feel bad of like i wonder how much longer carl can do this and i want to see the Lindsay relationship take off but i i do question will they want to even do this any longer like and, and and by the way i think there's something heartbreaking if we'd have to watch them fight on the summer house or we'd have to watch Carl go through stress because of Lindsay or her flirtatious relationship with Austin. Like, I just feel like Carl is like doing everything that you need to do to like grow up way past the point where you need a reality show. Yeah. Or or I, I wonder if they would almost like do their own like show at this point. Um, But see, could, could they, what I'm saying, could they even though like Carl's doing everything for an admirable life, but it doesn't necessarily mean it needs to be a watched life or something that we even find fascinating past a certain point. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes our lives are not worth watching, even though they mean something to us. And that's the part I would wonder about. Cause then even if you had like, you know, Lindsay in this Lucy role of like, I always get myself into crazy hijinks. We would know that that potentially was taking away from Carl and the work he's doing on himself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really interested to see what they do with, the new season i'm assuming that they'll be on the new season but i guess it's also not going to be happening for a few months so who knows what they'll decide to do i mean um, we might get a wedding season you know which would be exciting yeah. to see i don't think we've re- really seen carl commit to a relationship and i would be very interested i mean the last time we saw carl and Lindsay together it was like he finger banged her in a bed and they got into a fight about it And then like Carl, like was like, "Ah, I'm not ready for this. And, you know, they ended up still being friends after that, which is still one of the weirder episodes, you guys, because she literally says, that's all we did. Like, that's all. Like, I was like, there's no kissing. Like he just did that. Like there was no quid pro quo, you know, it was just very interesting. Yeah. Um, I think I've been in a similar situation. (laughs) Um, I I remember being like, yeah, like that's weird. But I think that happened to me. (laughs) 
<laughs> Please say that's your current boyfriend. Please say no. that's your boyfriend. Um, so I'm actually kind of excited to see how they work as a couple, not yeah. just on Watch What Happens Live, but in the, the scope of a reality show. So the last scene of this, you guys, is Kyle and Amanda going to therapy, which I like. It seems oh like God. a very fancy therapist too, and the therapist, like the waiting room, was all nice, and and the lady comes in and by the way they met this therapist through who was this therapist they met it through was Lindsay? it Lindsay Lindsay <laughs> therapist. Said Lindsay yeah Lindsay's therapist is how they've been working with this lady and the therapist is like it's been two weeks since our last session we fell out of rhythm and I was like wait we're not doing double sessions at this point after the season they've gone through but right uh that kind of surprised me and they start off with some compliments and uh you know Amanda gives Kyle a compliment of like, I'm just so impressed how you handled all of this stress and me in the same way. And the therapist says, that was a beautiful appreciation, Lynn, uh, Amanda. That was a beautiful appreciation. And Kyle was like, yeah, thank you so much. And Kyle at this point is going to bring up the prenup. And if you look, you can see Kyle's thighs start to literally yeah. like, get bigger. Like, what's up, dude? It's me. Let's talk about this shit. You can see the stress. Like he's all nervous. Hey, let me out, dude. Let me out. And uh, they bring up the prenup and, and what, what, any thoughts on this scene? Um, I mean, not really. I think a prenup makes sense for their particular situation. Well, um, as we see in the preview next week, though, she points out, I have zero stake in, I have like zero ownership of Loverboy. And to me, that's shocking, you know? Shocking, which, and also even more of a reason to have a prenup. Like protect yeah. yourself and like tell Kyle, I deserve a stake in this company. If we ever part, like, I mean, she should have some now. I mean, it seems like she, the branding is very much her vision. Her. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know if they, I'm sure they like hired out some other um, places to create stuff, but it seems like at least on the merch side, that's a lot of, that's all Amanda. And that seems to be a very successful part of their business. So it doesn't really make sense to me why she wouldn't. Um, I guess she probably associates her ownership with Kyle, which is even more of a reason to have a prenup. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I have no like really like legal expertise, but it like prenups exist for a reason. Like, just protect yourself. It's not. And I understand Amanda's trepidation and what yeah. it says. Like, I understand the feeling behind it of you're setting yourself up for failure. I mean, I, I understand all of that, but it's still just kind of the smart thing yeah. to do. And I, I, I wonder if her trepidation is just because of how rocky their relationship has been. Um, you know, like, I, I, I think for her, it's scary because there's kind of such a high chance that it could not work out so to her it might just be like oh like maybe it like if you sign a prenup you're like almost ensuring that it's not going to work out i i i wonder what her take on a prenup would be if they had more of a healthy relationship well that's why i always thought it was weird with the uh what were they i would have been really curious their thoughts on the tom and katie split from vanderpump rules because i was like that's like ghost of christmas future of like oh shit oh shit oh no you know like you're like they're yeah. like kyle's like really watching you know kyle's like uh does she have any ownership in schwartz and sandy's like you know and the preview for next week amanda says tells the girls of like i told kyle if he ever leaves me 
I get 50% of everything, which is just like, man, I would have loved that on tape, you know, because I love that in the back of Kyle's mind. Kyle does know that, you know, it yeah. does add a pressure to it, uh, but we will see. But this was a, I thought for a very basic episode, there was still a lot there of, of yeah. worth to talk about. And I took two hours up of your day, Carrie. I'm so oh, sorry. No, I'm I fine. hope you, I hope this was okay. Cause oh, I this is could, fine. I'm happy. Okay. Okay. I could keep yeah. talking to you forever. So, Same. um, uh, so Carrie, not scary. I'm going to put all of her information, Carrie Whitmer. She is really a brilliant, brilliant writer. She'll probably mm. never say that herself and she'll be embarrassed by me saying it. But really go support. This is like the people that I geek out on heavily. So I think you will too, if you haven't already. Because by the way, the last time she was on, I got so many messages like, oh my God, Carrie's on. Like, oh my God. And those are oh, always really? the cool guests that like, yeah, because people know you. You're part of people's day on Twitter or you're part of, people want to know <laughs> how certain people think that they have grown accustomed to, that they really trust. And we trust your opinions on things. And I know I do. Keep an, uh, an eye out for New York Mag, you guys. I'm sure if you follow her on Twitter, she'll put when that uh, gets in print because we need we need to all go get copies of that then. We need to, yeah. you know, will, you, will you sign our copies if we get one when you, if it's ever out? I mean, as long as I don't have to like go to the post office. <laughs> Will you fight, man? No, yeah. No, I mean, if we run up on come, you, like outside, come, like you know, I've I've never been to L.A., so great reason, dude. I'll you fly. and your dude, you and your dude, gotta come to L.A. I've we'll gotta come to L.A. Tom-tom. I gotta sign. We'll do all. We'll do Dorit's room. We'll do the whole deal. You know. Oh my god. I I mean, at at this point, Dorit's room and signing your copy of New York Mag. The only huge. reason I've ever had to visit Los Angeles. <laughs> I think you'll have many reasons in yeah. the future to visit. But uh, Carrie Whitmer, thank you so much for joining us for so long today. Thank and you. I, like I said, if there's ever any episode you ever want to talk about, you have an open invitation to always come back. Uh, thank you once again. Okay. Thank you, Ryan. Betches.